Gwendolyn Pierce. Gwendolyn Pierce! <laughs> oh no, it's Gwendolyn Pierce. Hello and welcome to Ram Jack and the Escape from the Aquatic Miners Consortium. Greetings, listeners. I am Alex, and joining me today for Ram Jack is our good friend and co-host, Brad. Hello, friends. Brad, so as longtime listeners will know, we talk a lot about monsters in the world. Yes, we do. We have a lot of monster sightings, and we have to bring them to the table because every year we also decide who's the worst monster for that year, that calendar year. Oh, um, spoiler alert, I already know who next year's is. No way. It's me, because I'm a filthy SJW <laughs> David Lynch-hating bastard. <laughs> really, Brad? That's, now, this is news to me. That's what I've been informed. <laughs> is, 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 is everything okay in your, twi- uh, in your Twin Peaks podcast forums? I, well, let's let's just. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Turns out I'm an S a filthy SJW David Lynch hating bastard. What does SJW stand for? Social justice warrior. Okay. Didn't necessarily come out as something negative to me. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 wearing that with pride. <laughs> like I was thinking it might was it something else? Is it something nope. twin? Surely it's not social justice warrior. Oh no no I'm I'm awful for calling David Lynch out for being a sexist. Well, I mean he is sexist. Super sexist. <laughs> I mean you can kind of get that through some of his other work, but it, I'm assuming something happened to where it's a little bit more blatant, maybe in. Oh yeah. His, his new Twin Peaks show. I'm, Probably because he's old and he can't restrain himself. Well, he also, like, just wrote a character that's just, like, a sex object. And he's in the scene just staring at her. And it's the weirdest. David Lynch is staring at the sex object? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, for a second, I thought you meant that the sex object, who was a he, was just staring at someone. No, no, no. David Lynch is playing a creepy old man, a.k.a. David Lynch. And uh, just, like, uh, creeping on some woman. So he's he's profanus, uh, he's personified himself as the male gaze within his own work. Okay, David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, and well, Brad, he casted this musician. It's you know what? I, listen, I'm the monster. I'm the monster. Never forget. Well, we'll have to put you in the bracket next year because that's what we also do, guys. If you're first listening to the show, it's a fun time. Trust. But what I have problems with, I I, I can't. I may not know a proper definition for a monster. This year, I brought just auto, <laughs> auto monsters. Um, it's th- things Alex saw on his way to work. Yeah. The only time I ever get, like, really annoyed or mad or I see, um, I guess, gross amounts of entitlement is on the road <laughs> to and from work. Now, I see it also at art fairs when I go, and especially at amusement parks, and I see those... At that time, but those, that's not an everyday occurrence. Those monsters are only one and done. So maybe I don't know what a definition of a monster is, but I think I have a monster, Brad, and I need I need you to help me know whether this group is a monster or not. If this was a monster sighting. Are you ready? Can you give me clarification? Always ready. It takes a monster to spot a monster. <laughs> so my sister-in-law uh, has moved... Uh, I guess cubicles at her work now before everyone is you know just in case everyone was worrying she's about to leave this job she put in her her notice and she leaves very soon 
off to bigger and better things. But they moved her before they knew, so she's stuck with these monsters only for a few more weeks. Totally fine. Uh, I don't think she's in much danger, but you tell me. So there's about there's a collection of three women in cubicles next to her, and they, one, talk very loud, loud enough to where she hears them all the time. So that, in and of itself, I would say may be a hallmark of a monster, especially in a workplace. Sure. Um, they're constantly gossiping about people at work, which I don't I don't think is very professional. I don't know if that's necessarily monster related. Um, but. Their conversations aren't work-related to a point where my sister-in-law wonders if uh, like they have enough work to do or whether they're working at all. It's a big company. People can get away with this, apparently. That's but, every company, but okay. Very true. Very true. So that doesn't make them a monsters necessarily. Maybe to the eyes of uh, bootstrap Republicans <laughs> who don't understand. I, I don't know. But Brad, I'm calling these these particular. What makes them monsters is their obsession with calorie counting and cheating at it. Let me let me peep you to a conversation they had. The women were talking. Monster number one says, "Oh, guys, I forgot my Fitbit today." Monster number two, you know what that means? Beat. All of them together in unison say, Calories don't count today! (laughs) (laughs) Loudly. This happens all the fucking time. Anything is an excuse to not count calories. But don't count, wouldn't calories count? Because your Fitbit's just monitoring your activity. It's not a calorie counter. Well, I don't know, Brad. We all know that the Fitbit, while it also um, keeps track of your steps, which it's very, it, it feeds, I mean, it sustains itself on your step count. Right. It also sustains itself on judging you on the calories that you eat in addition to that. I did not know this about Fitbit. That's probably why it's popular. That's why people aren't buying the Apple Watch. It doesn't judge you as much, perhaps. I didn't know it had this calorie counting uh, like stigma with it. I, I feel like calories should count more because you're not seeing how many you've burned. Well, we know this, Brad, but these ladies will use it as an excuse to just do whatever they want as far as their diets are concerned, which is, I mean, that's their prerogative. They can do what they want, but I'm worried that they're blaming a lot of other things for this. So, Fitbits, cool. Um, Any holiday, calories don't count. They might have a rough afternoon. Guess what? What? Your calories don't count today. Ah! And they uh, go and get food to eat. Like, it's a weird ritual around, There's. it's not only a coping mechanism, it's just, I don't know, their friendships might fall apart if they didn't have this crutch of being able to either will uh, calories away or to grant someone else the ability to not count their calories. And I don't get it. I, Do you think me, these... I, I remember, like, years ago, being in a workplace and overhearing somebody, I think we've even talked about on the podcast, somebody that was real excited to find out that, like, mustard was, like, uh, zero Weight Watchers points or something. And it was like, dude sounded so excited, I'm pretty sure he had a mustard sandwich for dinner. So what, you just put mustard on bread? I don't know. He I was guess? just so, he was like, did you know mustard has is zero points? And everybody's like, okay, cool. He's like, no points at all. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. What do you? What is that? What you, so, <laughs> you didn't know that. You just I mean, catch a mustard. Like, what are you gonna do? What's happening? Guzzles it. What are you gonna do? <laughs> like, there's only gargles so much it before bed. Can eat. Yeah, very true. I, it's mustard seed. Like mustard in in low doses is fine, but once you start slathering it on something, it it becomes unbearable. And I like mustard. <laughs> it becomes unbearable. It's yeah, it's too much. It's overwhelming. How do you not know? I mean, I've. I always look, even before I became diabetic, I always look at calorie, not only calorie counts, but like just nutritional information on the side of a box, period. Because I'm curious, like how much, how many calories does this have? How much sugar does this have? Does this have any like fiber? Let me check that out. Does it have the essential vitamins I need? I, so, I mean, I took it at general knowledge people know mustard it's probably the condiment with the lowest amount of calories. Everyone knows mayonnaise is bullshit. Mm. Oh, excuse me. I've just got a mouthful of mustard right now. Mm. Oh, I'm delicious. sorry, Brad. Mm. Sorry. I should have known because your teeth are all yellow. <laughs> i got three different kinds of mustard. Oh. Mm. Well, the only mustard that has low in, in calorie count would be just plain yellow mustard. Like, well, the Dijon <laughs> mustard starts to have a little what? bit higher calorie. <laughs> honey mustard has honey in it. You're literally adding sugar to mustard. No, it's mustard. <laughs> Do you think that idiot thought that? <laughs> Probably. I've got, listen, I've got yellow mustard, honey mustard, brown spicy mustard, horseradish mustard, um, sweet mustard, um, deli mustard. Oh, honey, you know what that means. Huh? The word mustard means calories don't count. Ah! I'm so sad inside. <laughs> Chin up. No tears. Which one? Calorie no counting. <laughs> I, Brad, sit. Are, are, what are these people? Are, do they count as monsters? Yes, or, of course. Okay, so they definitely monsters. count as monsters. The Always monsters. Of calorie counting. I feel like. Yeah, it's perpetual calorie uh, wishing away. But what makes it, I would say, in the fact that it's invasive to other people, that my sister-in-law sits at her desk, if it's 12 feet away or more, and she can still hear every conversation they have Ugh. regarding this, that's that's being a monster. Yeah. Also, you can't you can't obsess about something this much and at the same time completely ignore it. Like, oh yeah, fuck well, off. Yeah, I think they've realized it's a coping mechanism of, look, we're not we're not really going to count our calories, but if we talk about it out loud and we all kind of agree to make fun of it, kind of maybe, maybe it doesn't matter so much that we're not losing as much weight. We have each other. We have we have our calorie counting club. <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gross. See, calorie counting club is better than calorie counting monsters as a title. Jonathan, if you could if you could name these people before the next year, I don't know if they'll make the bracket. Maybe she'll give me more stories before it's over, but um, that would make them even more monsters. But thank you, Brad. I'm beginning to learn what a monster is. Well, it's about damn time. <laughs> um, I have some local kind of true crime stories to tell. Ooh. Um, so one of my coworkers lives in a place called Marymont, which is in Ohio. It's uh, on the eastern side of Cincinnati, like southeastern side of Cincinnati, near the river. Um, and it's just a delightful little place. Um, they realized not too long ago that a little tiny mound that runs through the town is actually a Native American burial mound. So it's built on... 
literally on an ancient Indian burial ground, which might account for some of the stories I'm about to tell you if you were superstitious. Um, so my coworker was invited to a kind of Tupperware or Avon-like party uh, where a lot of women are invited, strictly women, to uh, someone's house. There's something that they need to buy there, whether it's makeup or Tupperware. In this particular instance, it's a little bit better, I would say, um, than those kind of schemes and gimmicks. This is, it's, they're products made by former sex workers. They were trapped in sex work, got out, and now they live in a kind of a community where they make stuff, and you can buy it to help support them. Okay. Okay, I mean, the fact that they're using the mechanism that Mary Kay uses and the other establishments I just said, or I guess, yeah, is a little weird because normally that's associated with just bullshit, but whatever. So she was invited to one of these parties in Marymont. That's where she lives. So she went. Um, she was there with a whole bunch of other women, at least 12, maybe 16. Like, a lot of people went to this. Um, they brought their kids. It was a fun time. Um, so they were all in the house, and as the day wore on, the person, I mean, they came, everyone bought stuff, that person left, but the party, they, they continued this party and it turned into a real party, where it's just a whole bunch of people chilling at a house. It eventually got to the point where they were all out back, just in front of a fire pit, again, not far from the house at all. Like, it's pretty close, actually. Going in and out of the house, no big deal. Um, the kids are there, also doing the same thing, no worries. It gets late, it's around maybe 10 o'clock at night, um, the woman who lives there goes into the house, um, comes back out, like, running out of breath, I've been robbed. They find out that while they were out back, people just straight up walked into her house and stole almost everything they could get their hands on worth of value. And no one noticed. What? (laughs) I know, right? So they, first off, they just left the front door open, which they're having a party. I get it. Um, And, again, they are super close to the house. Like, the fire pit, everything is by the house. And no one notices. These people were there for a while, just grabbing stuff. Like, at the very least, they were there for, like, ten minutes because of the amount of the stuff that they stole and just, like, the size and quantity. I mean, there's no way they were out in less than ten minutes. But they could have been there longer. Kids were there, Brad. All the kids said they didn't see anything, but they were coming in out of the house. A kid saw someone stealing something and didn't say anything. My heart goes out to that kid because I've I've been in a similar situation. But all these adults, like a lot of adults, never noticed. Wait, 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 wait. What is the similar situation? We've talked about it before. It's not important. Um, You guys remember the story where um, we were driving around Jackson, my father and I, and we had just, through a school fundraiser, bought like a whole thing of like soda. It was like a lot of soda. Um, 20 ounce bottles, I, I guess like a crate. It was huge. And we bought it to support Southside, where Marad and I and Jughead went to school. Well, Jughead goes presently. Um, and we, we were out in, I guess, northern Jackson. And we stop at a Burger King just to grab something to eat. I don't know why. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't sure what else we were doing that night. And my father left all the windows in the car down. And our doors unlocked in the car. And I said, shouldn't we, like, roll the windows up and lock the doors? We have, like, a grip of soda. He said, nah, it's no big deal. No one's going to try to steal our soda. 
And I was like, all right. I locked my door anyway. And he's like, don't lock your door. You're being paranoid. So I unlocked it. We went inside. We sat down with our food. We're eating. And I look over. And these kids who had been in Burger King and had walked by our car circled the parking lot, stopped. One of them got out, grabbed as many sodas as they could through our window, and then jumped back in the car and peeled out and just off. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't say a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> until, it, until it was a little too late. Because one, I was scared. I know. I think here's what you should have done. Hey, Pops, you remember when you said not to lock the doors? <laughs> well, take a look at this. That's what I did, Brad. <laughs> I did that. Like, while it was, as the middle of us happened, I was like, I look, I, my father was like, what's wrong? Because he knows I was looking at something. I said, someone's taking our sodas. And he looked back. He was like, God damn it. <laughs> Ran outside. Was screwed. You fucking kids. Came back in. was like, what? When did you, what, why, what? How did that happen? <laughs> I said, this is why we roll our windows up and lock our doors. <laughs> I'm sure he thought I was a, a, like just being a jerk. But dude, come on. Amazing. So I my, my heart goes out to these kids if they saw it. But So they got everything. They stole this person's car keys and they didn't steal their car, which is weird. Every tablet in the house, a lot of them. Every phone in the house. Every piece of electronic, like even like kids' video game systems, gone. Small TVs, gone. Jewelry, like b- b- the box, the jewelry box, gone. Oh. Like anything of value, just stripped from this house. How did it happen? I don't let, don't have a, don't have an unspecified amount of people in and around your house. Well, That's and I rule. would say, okay, look, and also lock your fucking front door. If you have all your people yeah. in the backyard and you've had a party that's been open house, then lock your fucking door. Yeah. This couldn't have, but it, they, they said, now Marymont is, I guess, there's parts of it that I would say are more prone to crime than others. Um, so one of the streets that this house is close to is named Bramble, which if I had to pick a street that was going to maybe be trouble in a neighborhood, Bramble kind of sounds like a road that stuff would happen on, right? You forgot what side of Bramble Road you came from. <laughs> exactly. So these people are panicked. They're freaking out. They're crying. Obviously, their house has been invaded and like real stuff is like gone um they call the police the police call this person's phone and the criminals answer whoa hey what's up uh how did you get this phone this is the marymont police um were you involved in a robbery oh yeah we were totally involved in the robbery we were there for like they, they said they were there for a long time picked off everything didn't even notice and they also challenged the cops to find them they were just like brazenly just like taunting them Amazing. laughing yeah and they're yeah they were just like you the dummies left their front door open how can we not do it uh later cops hang up on them laughing the cops track the phone because they were on the phone for a while talking to the cops five minutes they track it the phone is just like thrown out a window it's on the sidewalk on Bramble Street. <laughs> to, cops haven't found them. Ghosted. All their stuff gone. They don't have car keys. That's... Like, these people were fucking jerks. But I mean... Bramble. <laughs> I fucking love it. So, that's what's happening in Marymont. Guys, if you know anything about this crime, please contact your local law enforcement. Maybe you can help solve a mystery. But that's that's ballsy. Um, I feel like there's got to there's somebody on the inside. There has like, to be, right? Hey, hey guys, hey hey, my Bramble crew, 
<laughs> Check it out. I'm at a I'm at a shitty house party. I've been stuck here all day. There's a fucking fire pit. It's the worst. But these assholes have got their front door open. Come steal all their shit. Bramble out. <laughs> was it one of the guests? Yes. Maybe. Or was it the person who helped orchestrate the party for um, the buying of goods? Because they packed up all their stuff and left. So none of their stuff was stolen. Granted, it was hours after they had left, but I don't know. I think everyone's a suspect at this point. I, we I feel, yeah, yeah. We questioned my, we questioned our coworker at work because we know she's stolen stuff before Whoa. in her neighborhood. <laughs> what did I not? I don't know if I told the story on Ramjack yet. Did I tell the story about when she stole shrubbery from a neighbor's house? No. Okay. How, how do you do that, dude? Shit is popping in Marymount, guys. God. Be aware. So. When she's telling the story, if she's to be believed, um, on her street, I mean, like a few houses down, one of the houses was basically condemned and was going to get bulldozed and they were going to build a new property. Um, this house had an awesome shrub. Her and her boyfriend um, would pass this house every day and be like, damn, look at that bush. It looks nice. I'm not sure what bush it is. It fl- flowers very nicely. It's just a nice bush. So they realized or thought that once they tear this house down and then bulldoze to rebuild, that, that bush is so close to the house, Brad, it's going to get k- destroyed. They can't. It would be a disservice to nature and humanity if that bush wasn't able to thrive. So what they did was the night before it was supposed, because it was public knowledge, like, hey guys, they went around the neighborhood and said, we got some construction equipment coming in, bulldozers, um, backhoe loaders, we're going to get this house done and we're going to build a new one. Cool. This is the day, just so you know, we're going to have to block part of the street. Oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. So that's when they cased the joint. They were like, all right, how are we going to get this bush out? We're going to go over, how do we get this bush out of the ground and back to our house and plant it? Um, So yeah, they just decided to wear all black i i feel like you could have just asked like hey can we see that bush easily easily asked i don't know if this is something they just do as a couple to like have a little excitement i don't know but they were like all right we're gonna do this again they dressed all in black (laughs) uh waited till night pretty late maybe 10 maybe 11 o'clock not super late i guess but late enough to where it was dark um i want to say they put like black like they tried to look like criminals (laughs) They put, like, black makeup or polish under their eyes like a football player would oh, they, wear they to help reflect the sun. They, they put on black. <laughs> well, I don't know if they did full black. Well, you full know, I don't know of all the facts. She's a thief, so who knows if we can trust her. Um, they put on black, like, ski. Like, they went and bought black outfits to wear, dude. I'm not making this up. This is weird. And they're like, all right, let's go. They got their shovels. They went over to the house. Um snuck around like purposefully was like making sure like really playing up a heist like role playing i guess um went up to the bush because it's close to the house and started digging it up um took a little bit longer than they thought because the roots were a little bit deeper than they anticipated but they they were there for a while and after about maybe 15 minutes they had the bush up and ready to go it's a little bit heavier than they thought but they they thought you know what we can do this we can do this um so they both get down, lift, and they're like, yeah, we lifted it. And right when they do that, they hear a click and a light next door turns on. Um, and there are like six people just looking at them, <laughs> staring at them on the porch next door. 
These people had been there the entire time. They had been digging up this bush and talking about stealing it in their outfits. And they waited until they picked it up to turn the lights on. And they just looked at him, and they were like, oh, shit, we got caught. And they said, why are you guys in blackface? <laughs> no, they they were just like, they, they smiled at him and said something like, like, good evening, guys. How's it going? <laughs> that bush giving you any problems? And they all laughed, and they were just like, no, we got it. And but they answered in, like a, in a terrible, like, racist voice. <laughs> I hope not. Oh. So they, uh, everyone was laughing at them as they walked away with this bush, but the bush is, is thriving in their yard. And they, just so everyone knows, at least to her, at least to her word, they did bulldoze everything. Like everything else, and they tore up all the other shrubbery, like cut down all the trees. They planted new ones, but... Or maybe the rest of the neighbors came and snatched everything up. Maybe. But the neighbors, like, saw them all dressed in black, talking about how to drill this. I mean, it was... It's, it was shady as fuck, but at the same time, they're all neighbors. Like, they knew them. It was just like, why are people stealing a bush? But is it is, is that theft, Brad? It's not their bush per se, but who can own the land and who can own nature, right? Um, this is America. Like, all <laughs> we do is, like, snatch up lands and, and own shit. True. They could have just said manifest destiny and yeah. took the bush. I'm sure that's probably what they should have yelled as they were running away. So, there's one more story, and this is more recent. So, the Tupperware party are the sex worker product party thing where they were brought blind. What are these Again, products that the sex workers are making, I, by the way? I didn't get details on this. Is it like jewelry? Or like, I, it has to be something, making? right? Well, if it's in the it's if, if it's in the vein of like an Avon or like a Tupperware party, it's going to be something like that, right? Like, maybe leather like, goods? or you, like, What are things you make that people would buy in a party? Like, I've heard of jewelry parties. I like, I'm just, yeah. what is this? What is this? I... I I could ask for more details for a future episode because I don't even know the name of the company or the, the community. All right. Um, so that was last week. I want to say yesterday, as of when we're recording this, more stuff went down in Marymount, Brad. There were two roofing contractors on a roof. Um, witnesses say that they had gotten into a verbal verbal argument. <laughs> Whoever does the most roofing wins. <laughs> we'll meet in the middle. <laughs> And man, that was a day of work. I, so the two were, they, they got into a, a loud verbal argument. And as one does, on the roof, one of them pulled out an assault rifle and gunned down the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, realized this wasn't necessarily the best way to resolve a conflict. Uh, went down the ladder, ran away. Still on the run. Have, have they looked at any bushes for people wearing blackface? Don't know. But, I mean... It could be anybody. Well, I mean, how that's... do you have how do you have weaponry on a roof? I here's the okay, a handgun, maybe conceal and carry, I guess. An assault rifle? Who? Brad, it is hot in Cincinnati right now. Like it's been mild. It's been like in the 70s, but on a roof, no, it's like 90 degrees. But it's the summer. Like, who thinks they need an assault rifle on a roof? While they're roofing, with assume I, I assume some like a, a, a co-worker, like a fellow roofing contractor, you at least know them. What happened that's, here? What happened? That's I. That's really fucking crazy. Like when you're cli- when you're climbing up the ladder, like how does and you and you got that fucking uh, assault rifle? Like what, how does that work? I don't. Is it 
did they hear about this uh, party robbery and think, we've got to be armed? I mean, that's dumb. I don't think that justifies carrying an assault rifle onto a roof that you're working on. But, I mean, it's not outside the realm of, like, I would say a certain degree of logic to someone in Marymont. Because apparently it's a, it's a rough time over there, especially near Bramble. I hear. Oh, what if what if uh, what if what if they what if they were up there? Where are those Bramblers? <laughs> we're the last line of defense from these shingles against them Bramblers. You know what? I bet I can I bet I can roof this roof faster than you. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> And, and as they were arguing over tiling, some ramblers came up and snatched all their tiles. <laughs> Egg on their face. God damn it! These stupid ramblers! I'm gonna fire some warning shots in the air just to let them know I'm mad. Ah! Oh my! Oh no! Oh, I'm so sorry! I'm so sorry! I gotta go now! Oh god. Oh, oh god! I gotta hide! I gotta hide! Let me put this <laughs> roofing tar all over my face. I gotta get out of here. It's Marymount tradition. Yeah, guys. What's happening? If you if you know anything about the rooftop shooter, please notify local law enforcement. Marymount, what the fuck? Seriously. What's going on, guys? What are you What's doing? Like, I'm in Florida, and those are some... And even by Florida standards, those are pretty crazy stories. I mean, right? <laughs> I, that, that's the first thing I thought about. After the, after the assault rifle story on the roof, I was thinking, I gotta talk about this on Ramjack. The Tupperware story, I... Okay, I'm called Tupperware. The party story, I'm like, I don't know. That skirts a lot. I don't know if it can fit in a theme or anything. But yeah, th- these are definitely this could easily happen in Florida. Or I would I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out in Florida. So in Cincinnati, it's a little weird. Mm. Something else. I, I'm gonna squeeze this in really quick because it's I guess fun media related. Um, so Netflix just released uh, a television series called Anne with an E. That's based on the old Anne of Green Gables story. Are you familiar, Brad? Um, yes, I was in the musical Adventures or. Or no, Anna Green Gables the musical. Yeah. So you know all about Anna Green Gables. Oh, I'm, Can you tell I'm well us aware. what are your thoughts on the story in the musical? I mean, uh, well, is um, let me just say this: um, ice cream is anything more delectable than ice cream? <laughs> uh, it's lovely on a summer afternoon in June. Nice. I didn't realize that song came from that, guys. Oh, that's yeah. Brad and uh, some of our friends from our youth would just burst out into the song randomly I guess ever since you guys would sing it yeah because it's the I, most well also our choreography was insanely terrible but the song <laughs> is also bonkers a lot of box steps oh <laughs> yeah to eat ice cream mine some, some ice cream hands. do a box step ice cream is anything more delectable than ice cream even the most respectable eat ice, ice cream. cream it's lovely on a summer afternoon in June in June <laughs> <laughs> I think about this almost every time I get ice cream now. And I wasn't even in the musical, nor did I see it, sadly. I apologize for <laughs> Asshole. What a terrible <laughs> I, friend. I, I knew the song. I apologize. I'm sorry. Mm. It haunts me to this day, which is why I remember it. Um, so, I don't know. The Anne of Green Gables story that I know was from the old television series. And I'm not sure who put that on. Whether it was like PBS or who produced it. 
But was it Disney I, Channel? It might have been Disney Channel. I remember not liking it. I remember being really annoyed by Anne as a kid. Uh-huh, makes sense. She's annoying. She's super annoying. Now, I don't know in the musical, but on the um, on the television show, it follows her through, I guess, up into her adult life. So she starts out, she's young, she's an orphan. Um, she's ordered, literally, by these two uh, old people who live out... I guess, in the country and need a farmhand. She gets there, and they think... They're like, what the fuck? You're not a boy. We ordered a boy. <laughs> you gotta go back in we with the name. We requested a boy. All the songs coming <laughs> back a, to me now. There's a song about <laughs> it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Obviously, this would devastate a young orphan child, but Anne is, like, imaginative, special. I mean, outside of the... Particularly the actor as a child. This might have been the first actor I saw. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm feeling this because the character I could be sympathetic toward in a heartbeat. She's very creative, um, and I, I guess she's also like shaking up the status quo. It's nowhere near as fun as Pollyanna, another Disney vehicle that is just awesome. Like it's we we okay we okay okay to watch that okay. for Ramjack because it's pretty a- funny. Anna Green Gables, Pollyanna, Pippi Longstockings. Who wins? Okay. Who wins in a fight? Well, I just... I, okay, For if you a want second, to a fight. I thought you were going to do a Humgate Ghost, and I was like, okay. Okay, Humgate Ghost, then. Humgate Ghost. Hum- if it was a fight, Pippi Longstockings would win. No doubt. Ghost! Okay, so Humgate Ghost, Anna Green Gables, Pippi Longstocking, and uh, Pollyanna. Who would I humiliate? Oh, I can't humiliate Anna Green Gables. The character, again. The actor playing her, of course. Ooh, I guess I would humiliate Pippi Longstocking because I think she could take it. You okay, know? all right. I all think right. that I think that's just part of her her steez. Like she's walking around, like she'll humiliate her friends, but it's more like in a joking way. I think she would she'd be cool with it. She'd be like, "You got me, good one, Green. I'll get you back though." Um, when she holds a gun on you, yeah, she pulls an assault rifle. <laughs> it comes from her like uh, braids or whatever. Or what did she do with a broom? Didn't she become a helicopter in the movie? Total she did bullshit. a lot of weird shit. She did pull. Gun- she pulled a gun on some kids in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess she did. Goodness. All right. Well, then, yeah, she is humiliated. That alone means that she's like a gun monster. Nice. Um. So now I need to have someone I would go gay for, and also someone that I would have ghost me for eternity. I'm gonna have Pollyanna ghost me because Pollyanna is fun. She's cool. Like she changes a whole town for the better. So yeah, I think I'd run Pollyanna around for eternity. That means I'm going gay for Anne of Anne with an E, Anne of Green Gables. But again, you're gonna be her gay friend. I'm gonna be your gay friend. What's up, girl? Which uh, in our production it was uh, um, future Broadway star Lauren Pritchard. No way. Uh. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. Uh. Well, there you go. Our Lolo apparently is is what she goes by these days. Is she still on Broadway doing anything? Or she's I I. I She's always performing. Like she's a straight up musician. Interesting. Um, but she's still doing. She's working regularly. Good so, for her, man. Yeah. Good for her. See, that's the kind of things that Anna Green Gables can get you. Indeed, <laughs> get you into those audition rooms. Hey, here's my tape. I was the friend of Annie. Not, not Annie. Get your gun or orphan Annie. Why are there so many Annie characters in musicals? Well, and that's we did them weird. like all back to back. Like yeah. we did, we did Annie. Um, Lauren Pritchard was also Annie. Um, no, okay. Well, this is making we did, sense. We did Annie. Annie, get your gun. <laughs> a Diary of Anne Frank Jeez. and Anne of Green Gables, like in a two-year span. <laughs> wow, 
Yeah. It's the it's the Ann Quartet. You got to get uh, all four of them in a row. I'm sure we're forgetting some. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, that's kind of weird. I that's a little weird now. Does Ann rhyme with like why? I I don't know. Anyway, so Ann with an E, new series on Netflix. My same coworker who was at the party and who also told me the assault rifle, whose neighborhood is pretty suspect, um, was telling me that. Because we, we, we trade stories about uh, media that we're watching and stuff at work pretty much in the morning for a few minutes. Just to, you know, catch up. Like, how's everybody doing? So she was telling me that her family, her daughter and her boyfriend, um, decided to watch Anne with an E. Because her daughter's about the age of Anne of Green Gables, like when she's young. So her daughter was, like, super into it. So they're watching it. And um, the first episode is an hour and, like, 40 minutes long. Like, it's invested. And this kid is, like there with Anne. When Anne is made fun of, when she's called ugly, when she, by an adult, which these people are the worst. I mean, it's like a small gross fucking old town where people are just the worst. She's called trash by some of the kids that are like money. Like she's, she's on pretty rough times. I think she fights a boy at some point. Like she gets in trouble. She has to apologize to stupid adult. Like, and this kid heart is pouring out for her. She's like, poor Anne with an E. Um, so my coworker is telling me about, yeah, this Anne movie sucked. This character was just like, I, I get I'm sympathetic because of all the reasons you would normally be. I mean, she's human. Uh, but also the actress is annoying as fuck. Like, it's just bad, weird choices on things. And I'm thinking they made the same mistake that Disney Channel made. And I, I'm telling, I tell them, like everyone this. And she says, yeah, and the ending of the movie sucked. Because what happens is um, they pin, like, this brooch theft on her. Um, and they're like, you stole this. You stole something that was super valuable to this woman. We got to ship you out now. We were thinking about keeping you, even though you're not a boy. Um, but now you're out. Get out of here. You're no good. You are just trash, like they said you are. You're no good. Get out. Get. Go back to the orphanage. So Anne is devastated. She goes to the train station and she leaves. And the day that she's out on the train station before her train gets there, um, the farmer man finds the brooch and is like, honey, Anne didn't do it. They're both distraught. Obviously, they overreacted. They run to the train station to try to to get Anne, like say like, hey, Anne, sorry, we found it. They get to the train station and she's gone. Roll credits, end of the movie. My coworkers child was devastated (laughs) this is how this movie ends (laughs) and they're like uh like trying to say like you know yeah i guess i guess sometimes there's not a happy ending the kid is like bullshit (laughs) they can't do that to Anne. this is the worst movie ever (laughs) now notice how i'm using the word movie because they thought it was a movie because it was so long and for some reason, Netflix didn't auto-cue the next episode up. Oh, wow. This kid is crying, goes to bed, like, just, like, distraught over Anne with an E. Just, and, it, and that is a pretty harsh ending when you think about <laughs> That's it. That's great. But it, yeah, I mean, it could be, like, an awesome ending when you really try to examine it. Um, so this kid, like, spent, because, okay, my coworker told me this. She's like, yeah, it's a shitty movie. I wouldn't watch it. It's just bad. And we all look at each other and say, you do know it's a series, right? No, it's not. Looks it up. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tells us about her kid being, like, wants to try to, like, call her boyfriend because he's going to pick her up from school, the child, so that he can tell her, hey, just so you know, 
there's more to watch. The story doesn't end <laughs> that way. Amazing. But this kid's been all day at school, just like in the dumps because you know, orphans just get the wrong side of it sometimes, <laughs> man. In the Netflix miniseries nice. that you think is a movie. It's just like how many other shows on Netflix one and it's done and if you thought that was it would end in a cool way because i think if anything i think that's not a that's a sad ending but not a bad ending for the story up to that point you could come away like yeah people were really fucking shitty back then and maybe we're shitty to each other and the smallest thing can set you off for no reason and that's stupid don't make mistakes like that do you remember before canadians were nice oh it's oh man, bullshit. it is bullshit. Does Anagree Gables take place in Canada? Yeah. Oh, dude, tons of shits happened since the guy. Something happened in Can. Maybe they. <laughs> well, we know. <laughs> Maybe it was this. They shipped off an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> and they were devastated, and that's how it ended. That's like, why. You know what, guys? We all got to be better people because this is bullshit. We just persecuted an orphan. <laughs> Ran her out yep. of town on the rail. <laughs> Get out of here. And they found the brooch, and yeah, she... I, I, We laughed so hard at work. But at the same time, it's sad because the girl... I mean, this woman's daughter was... But at the same time, now they're watching it, and they're kind of warming up to it, and the kid loves it. She's, like, eating it up. So that's good. Good for them. But be careful, Netflix. Make sure... Netflix... That has a Cards movie. It was real weird. That was a card was strange. At the end, Kevin Spacey just starts talking to the camera, and then it's over. Yeah, he doesn't become president. I guess he has ambition. It's weird. They introduce a lot of characters and nothing happens. <laughs> it's kind of strange. I don't. One star. One star. Don't watch it again. You mean d- dislike? Because there's only a like or dislike. Oh, yeah, I guess thumbs down. Thumbs down. Way down. I mean, I can think of a lot. I would say that another miniseries that's first episode would actually make a pretty good and sobering ending would be HBO's Westworld, which I don't know if you've seen that yet, Brad, but it's it's good. It's worth, I would say it's worth your time. Well, okay, it depends. Uh, but I would say watch the first episode and pretend that's a movie. <laughs> don't let it all cue the next one up because the first episode could be a standalone movie and it ends pretty fucking awesomely. Like it could, and it, Basically sets up the whole... I mean, it's a microcosm of The Fool because it is a pilot, I guess. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm just glad that uh, DC's taken a lesson from Netflix and they ended that Wonder Woman movie with a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bold choice now that I think about it. <laughs> I forgot about that. I can't wait to see that movie again. <laughs> oh, it's really good. I was, uh, I was reading an article about, there's a character, it's like Dr. Poison, who has like the leather um, reconstruction, like mask that she wears, but it's it's on her face enough to where it looks like it's pretty mobile. Like it looks like she, when she's talking, it moves with her mouth. I don't know, I haven't seen it. But that was something they actually did during World War One. Um, and there's pictures of the people who actually ended up making things like that, like a before and after. And they crafted some pretty good, like, uh, back then they made them out of metal and they would paint them and they I mean it looks really real especially in those old black and white photos like pretty sweet mm. I mean that's a that's an aside but I'd look it up because it's it's pretty touching uh, nice. yeah so that's 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 what's going on up here man I, I be careful on Netflix it might trick you into thinking you're watching a movie when you're actually watching a miniseries so just be aware guys I guess that's the lesson to take away from all this <laughs> beware guys Netflix will get you Netflix will get you 
I can't think of any other. I'm trying to think of other shows that have like major cliffhangers. Yeah, I know. Like any episode, like what if like the first season of Star Trek, like the last episode just ended because they had those always ended in Next Generation on like a cliffhanger. But that's not really a standalone movie. That's like just one episode. Like that can't really be a movie per se. Yeah, I. Uh... I don't know either, man. I'm coming up blanks. I feel like I'm 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 letting everyone down, not being able to just stream these off. But it's like nine o'clock. I have a little sleep. I'm we got bigger things to go into. Indeed. Um. By the way, we're celebrating our uh, our for uh, reals uh, eight year anniversary on this episode. Happy anniversary, Barrett. Happy anniversary to you, Alex. Jonathan, you were also involved in this. Happy anniversary, friend. Indeed. We um, made it. <laughs> and uh, Jonathan, I, I think you should be going back to Chicago soon, I think. Uh, are you leaving yeah. for Chicago in a minute? Uh, uh, we got a voicemail from Jonathan here with a little game. So I haven't I haven't perused this yet, so I'm excited. Hey, Ramjack, this is Jonathan Pernasek, wishing you a happy 8th anniversary by providing what will potentially become, hopefully become, a classic Ramjack game. This isn't one of those games I come up with that is only created to amuse me. No, this was made specifically for you, Brad, and you, Alex. It is a game called Snatch and Release. I have sent you a list that only Alex is allowed to look at beforehand, Brad. No peeking. No peeking, Brad. The rules of Snatch and Release are simple. Alex will present Brad a pair of Ooh. pop culture dogs, <gasps> and it is up to Brad to decide who he will snatch and thus add to his dog collection, yes. and who <laughs> he will release into the wild to fend for themselves. So you have to keep one dog, and then you have to let one go, and that can be a pretty tough thing to do, I would think, especially with some of these pairings. So, good luck with that game. I hope you enjoy it. And again, happy, 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 eight, eight of them, eight happy <laughs> anniversary. Amazing. I love this game already. The second I brought the list up, Brad, I laughed because this is a perfect game <laughs> for <laughs> you in particular, friend. And it's going to get rough. Oh, You're going to have to no. make some harsh choices, man. Oh, God, I'm not ready for this. Um, so yeah, you understand the rules. I'm about to give you a pair, and you're gonna have to, like, choose. I do love this game. This game could extend beyond dogs. I mean, just the concept of here's two choices, catch or release, could also extend into other things, but I really love it. Really glad to get it on your Ramjack. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Um, Brad, your first pairing. Now, some of these might be abstract, and you may have to do some uh, searching online to make sure you remember what some of these dogs look like. But many of them will be ones you'll immediately understand and get. So, first pairing, Snossage's dog or Strip's dog. Oh. Snossage's? Okay, I'm doing doing Strip's. Google don't. Dogs don't know it's not Baggin. All right. That's Baggin. Looking at some images here. Look at the um, dogs, but also just think about the dogs. First off, Baggins Strip's dog is kind of dumb because he thinks that dog strips are bacon. I don't know. I don't know about the Snoshages dog, though. But he does have Snoshages as a name. Yes. So uh, those are all things to think about. Um, listen, I'm going just off of uh, the imagery. I'm getting in Google Images. And Snoshages' dog looks like a crack addict. <laughs> um, Bacon Strips looks like an adorable, excited dog. 
But you never, you never, okay, I guess you do see them. Most of those commercials are from uh, the dog's perspective. Well, it's a male dog, we I'm, know the that. Packaging, the packaging is very uniform. Ooh, On, from okay. A, from a Google image search, these are very uniform uh, uh, dogs. So I gotta go begging and strips all the way. Also, nice. snossage is a gross word. <laughs> Agreed. So yeah, first catch and release. Uh, next one up. Brad, we have McGruff the Crime Dog Ooh. and Ren Tin Tin, Canine Cop. Oh, McGruff all the way. Easily. Yeah. First off, he lives in Chicago. You can go, I mean, you guys have, you have a place in Chicago. You can go and just chill with McGruff the Crime Dog. Plus, yeah. McGruff can, like, talk to you and, like, be a friend. Yeah. And he dresses like Robert Stack. Yeah. And Ren Tin Tin's a German Shepherd. Ugh. Yeah. That's a lot of responsibility. I don't like German Shepherds. No, thank you. Scruff, McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. <laughs> I remember that to this day. And I, at work, I had to look up something for Chicago address because some of our stores are up there. And I used that. I was like, ah, I don't, I do know an area code or a zip nice. code for Chicago. And I did that. In obviously McGruff's voice. 60652. Oh, People looked at me like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Alex is having a stroke again. It's weird. <laughs> McGruff all the way. Okay, Spuds McKenzie, that's the oh, Bud-like dog, Yeah. versus the Bullseye, the Target dog. Oh. Now, I don't know what kind of dog Spuds McKenzie is, but the Target dog is a bulldog, right? Or was. Um, I might be remembering it right. I think there's different versions of Bullseye. Wait, what is the Target dog called? Bullseye, the Target dog. Oh, these are the same. These are the same kind of dog. Really, but one has a target logo. One has a target on logo, face. and one just has a spot on the same eye. Very similar dogs. I, you know, oh, this is this is very hard for me. It is, man. Because I ah, oh, because I definitely remember Spuds McKenzie was like at the height of his fame in my youth. I'm pretty sure my mother had a Spuds McKenzie's T-shirt. <laughs> nice. Um, Spuds McKenzie was mad cool. I feel, man, this. is... This Target dog may be a little bit cuter, though. Well, the Target dog can get you discounts at Target, which is pretty sweet. Uh-huh. He's an employee there. Um, Spudge McKenzie can straight up party. See, so, and that's, I mean, and that's, and that's up the other to you. thing. And also, like, Target, uh, Bullseye Target dog has a painted on Target on its eye, which I, I have a lot of questions about. I'm very concerned about. True. Um, well, you don't maybe- know if that's not, like, permanent. They might have had a die job. I mean, that, or maybe they're doing it in post. Either way, uh, I don't like it. I don't think it's okay. Um, Spuds McKenzie is a cool fucking dude. So I gotta go Spuds. <laughs> I think that's a great choice. Uh, next up, Marmaduke or Marley from Marley and Me? Come now. Um, <laughs> a movie that I'll never watch are um, one of the greatest movies ever featuring, Amer- featuring America's 17th favorite comic strip canine? Um, Marmaduke for the win. <laughs> um, confession, I've seen Marley and Me. Oh, I how was saw that? It at the, I saw it at the cheap theater once um, in college. It was, I don't remember anything of it. <laughs> hmm. Don't even couldn't even remember what the dog looked like. I know Marmaduke though. Of course. Memorized it. Um alright. This one might might be tougher. Toto from the Wizard of Oz or Old Yeller. Oh. Here, Yeller. Come back, Yeller. 
Best doggone dog in the West, Brad. Versus Toto. A dog who's seen a lot of things. <laughs> oh, this is, I, this is I re- harsh. I respect Toto because Toto, um, at least in the movie, was the dog who was like, fuck this wizard bullshit. He's behind this curtain, guys. And Toto straight up like unmasked the wizard, which I think is cool. Yeah. He's a, he'll be a whistleblower if you need him. Plus, Toto is just like... I mean, he seems tough for a little guy. Yeah. Also, Old Yeller... Got rabies. <laughs> it was, that is... Well, it was his fault, I guess. He was he was helping protect someone, but he didn't know. That was his own ignorance because he, he was a little dog. Yeller got shot. Toto went to a fantasy world and came back. Toto survived a tornado ride. Yeah, t- Toto's like Toto's kind of a little badass, and if I always go. I always prefer a smaller dog. Um, oh, dude. Well, then Toto's for you. Yeah, right? I gotta go. Toto. Toto can fit in a picnic basket. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, that's much cuter. Yeah, poor old Yeller. Uh, okay, Mister Peabody or Einstein from Back to the Future. Oh, whoa. Yeah, man. Whoa. Hope you're ready for this. Um, Manzies. Um. Just so people know, Mr. Peabody is from Mr. Peabody and Sherman. It's about a smart dog who has his pet boy, which is just a kid, and they time travel together and get into, like, crazy capers and caprices. Uh, Einstein also travels through time in a DeLorean. But I don't know if he knew what was going on. Huh. Or should there be a Back to the Future spinoff for kids where it's an animated, like when he traveled back in time in the first one, that it actually was like a whole side story we don't even know about. Maybe he's responsible for the Libyans trying to Mm. (laughs) shoot Doc. (laughs) Who knows what happened with Einstein, but I'd, I'd like to see that movie. I mean, I'd like to see that for one hour and 45 minute Netflix movie. <laughs> I gotta say, um, I, I discount Mr. Peabody um, because he hangs around with Sherman. Like, yeah. like, listen, you're a talking science dog. Like, I, you can do better than fucking Sherman. Because um, I, <laughs> I can't deal with Sherman. Um, long story. Can't deal with fucking Sherman. Some people listening know what's up. Um, no, Whoa, no, thank you. Really? No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, so I gotta go Einstein on that one. How? What? Are you being real? Like, is there really something about Sherman that you have such a, a people Sherman you have such so, animosity okay. to that it completely ruins? Um. So, <laughs> uh, for a while, uh, at one point back in the day, Josie got like um a, a Sherman like uh, like a Happy Meal toy or something. Um. And at the time, Josie was doing a lot of character work. (laughs) And her Sherman character was the most annoying character that has ever been created. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, we would all beg for anyone except Sherman. (laughs) More annoying than Anne with an E? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sherman's the worst. To this day, the the thought of Sherman scares me to my core. But Um, was it Sherman the dog? Like, he was just arrogant and, like... Pompous, and then he would always end a conversation. No, Sherman's the human. Sherman's the human. Oh, okay, my bad. Peabody is the dog. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Sherman would be the worst. Yeah. yeah, Sherman's the worst. The most annoying constantly, character. Yeah, constantly fucking stuff up for everyone else. Just dumb. I will say that I wasn't necessarily a fan of Mr. Peabody's, like, uh, punish endings or, like, quips mm-hmm. at the end of the episodes. 
Yeah. Like Sherman would say something and then Mr. Potty would say like, well, you know, and then he'd say some kind of like, I, I tried to just look some up and no one's documented them, thankfully. So I won't. I Listen, like Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons were, it was bottom of the barrel to begin with. And yeah. Mr. Peabody and Sherman was the worst part of it. Yeah. It I was remember like, kind of, ugh. I remember liking the animations in between, like the Segway. There was one where they're like in a museum and like someone's doing something with like a Cupid statue. Mm-hmm. I think at one point there's a janitor that's like cleaning up and like, it's like, all right, show's over. I liked those transition animations because I thought they were neat. They had nothing to do with any of the rest of the show that I that I can remember. But yeah, Rocky and Bullwinkle, Bullwinkle were similar. And I was like, this is dumb. I don't know if I like this. Well, it was all—it was all part of the same. At least from my memory, it was all part of the same program. Oh, it was. Yeah. I think Bullwinkle, and then that. Yeah. Well, so you're saying Einstein all the way. Einstein, especially all the way, yeah. if he comes with that DeLorean, man. Oh, come on. Okay, we've got three more, Brad. Three more uh, pairings: Rolf from the Muppets or Sprocket from Fraggle Rock. Oh no, dude! I—it's—it's no. it's getting into territory where I know these are going to be really hard for oh, you. Fucking hell. You can only catch one, and you have to release the next. Oh. Who is it? Is it piano playing Rolf, who can talk? God. He can also talk to other dogs. Or is it Sprocket? Oh. Who's See, cuter? Who's I, cuter? I, I, it's so That's hard. Not... Because I feel like if like you could like hang out with like Rolf like 24-7, it oh, would dude. be the best. Rolf plays piano. <laughs> yeah, he plays piano. He's chilled, laid-back dude. Um... He's the best, but Sprocket's like the coolest dog because he also he's he's smarter than a dog, but he's not quite like a human. <laughs> well, and Sprocket's the one they compare when they say that uh, what is the the FB one Golding Doodle? Mm-hmm. They yeah. s- they say they compare him to Sprocket. I think right when they say he looks like uh, they look like Muppets. Kind, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say that necessarily. Um, they look I, more F- like F1B, a. They look more like little teddy bears than like Sprocket. Um, I. God damn it! What do you want? Do you want a buddy dog that's kind of human, or do you want Sprocket? I mean, I think it's weird the idea of, of catching Rolf. Yeah, I, I mean that's. I feel like I don't it's know almost that's ethical. Well, it is. Like I feel like Hillary Clinton in a governor's mansion. Like it's not appropriate. Um, if you put your dog to work for you. That, I mean, that's that's pretty. I mean, that is slavery, isn't it? I bought this animal. Yeah. I feed it, house it, and now it works for me. Yeah. That's a sl- that's a slave relationship. Yeah, and I. I, I mean, your relationship with Raw can be whatever you want. I mean, if. You know what? <laughs> you, you know what? I'm I'm gonna have to go sprocket because I don't want to be like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> okay, I I respect that. I respect that, Brad. Mm-hmm. Hot dog from Archie or the Shaggy dog? Oh, hot dog. No question. I would almost say for the same reasons of Rolf, because the Shaggy yeah. Dog is a person that transformed yeah. into a dog. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a teenage boy. I no thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, you and that teenage boy could do a lot of good things. He's got a superpower. You could like do stuff together. I, I don't like any of the things you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Saying it out loud because that's the that's the whole premise you guys of the could Shaggy do stuff Dog. Together, he's got superpowers. Uh, you're not selling me on this at all. Well, not not in a weird way. I mean, more like in a like a. Nothing I can say cannot not be misinterpreted. <laughs> yeah. But I was thinking of the old Shaggy Dog movie, yeah. where like these two kids we can, we were can like, stop All right. uh, communist uh, yeah. Soviet um, incursions. Sure. Exactly. Um, 
No, hot, hot dogs are, and hot dogs all white, which I prefer. Okay. <laughs> like just aesthetically, I don't I don't like the look okay. of the shaggy dog. All white dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess hot dog. I mean, it's hot dog too. Yeah. Now, granted, you're stealing him from Archie, but I mean, does Archie I'm need stealing, a dog? I'm stealing him from Jughead. Oh, true, true. Well, I mean, okay, yeah, okay, you're right. Or you're stealing him from the uh, what is not the Order of the the Serpents, not Order of the Snake. Uh, who um, presently uh, have hot dog, yeah. The Southside Serpents? Yeah, get him out of South... Dude, we got out of Southside. You can need to get hot dog out of Southside. You're doing that dog uh, a favor. I'm a hero. You're saving that dog. You saved a life today. Um, This is the last one. Specifically called out to be saved for last. Oh, Again, boy. thank you, Jonathan. This has been a wonderful ride. I can't wait to play this game in any capacity in the future. I'm very worried. Brandon from Punky Brewster. <gasps> oh, no. Spot... From Mr. Belvedere. I've been waiting for Spot to make an appearance. <laughs> You've been waiting. He's the one dog you want to snatch. Um, listen. Now this... Uh, now, if this had been a bit more specific, this would be more difficult. Um, if, if we had said, um, uh, pilot episode Brandon, this would have been difficult as fuck. Because <laughs> that's a cute, teensy little puppy. Um, Agreed. But, like, Spot, come on... Come on. It's Spot all the way. He, 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 he's super cute. He's tiny. He does all the tricks in the world. He's a genius. Yeah, you gotta go Spot. Spot. You also, Spot. You, I, you could take Spot from the Owens and totally be fine with it. Like, if you're yeah. actually snatching this dog, totally. I can't I can't steal little orphan Punky Brewster's no. dog. It's all she has. That old man's gonna be dead any second. I mean, yeah, that's a relationship you do not want to get in the middle of. No. So it has it has to be Spot by default, but I'm happy it's Spot is basically what I'm saying. I'm oh, glad yeah. you were able to snatch Spot. Yeah. I oh. and that's that's it, Brad. That I'm is an, such a great time hanging out with all these dogs that I've got now. Dude, you you've got a little pound going on over there. Oh, it is magical. And it's, it is it is a who's who of dogs. <laughs> like, <laughs> really dude, is. what up, spuds? <laughs> they're gonna start dude it's gonna be adorable they're gonna start howling together at night <gasps> dogs do that they're gonna get a howl going on yes dude I am worried though because you've also got like Marmaduke in there so that's gonna be strange Marmaduke no oh boy it really is fucking awesome like the amount of the dogs you have right now oh I'm dog rich I almost wonder if the dogs that you rejected will start their own other group and, like, try to thwart you in your efforts with these dogs. What are you doing with all these dogs? You can do whatever you want, Brad. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm just, now I'm just imagining, like, I'm, I'm insanely wealthy and I have a giant uh-huh. house in which to house all these dogs and I, we're just, like, having the best fucking time. You got a pool with a slide. The dogs use the pool all day. Oh. McGruff is talking to you about true crime stories in Chicago. Oh, McGruff, I forgot about, I have McGruff. I got McGruff and Spuds McKenzie. Oh, yeah, you guys are... Oh, yeah, my God! Bu- full size, loving it. Begging Strip's dog is adorable, but he's, like, got food on tap for all your dogs. Marmaduke's gonna be trouble. But Mar- I think Marmaduke's Toto... Marmaduke's gonna be trouble. Toto will keep him in line, though. Yeah! Toto's and on Toto, watch. And Spro- Toto, Spro- Sprocket's kind of a narc. <laughs> yeah, Toto and Sprocket are gonna be the ones that are hanging out. Like, they're controlling the perimeter. Like, they, they're part yeah. of security. Yeah. Einstein... 
I mean, he's probably the dog that's at your foot, like, just sitting there while you're mm-hmm. talking to the other dog. Like, he's loyal. Yeah. Time traveler. I guess Hot Dog's just in the pool having fun. <laughs> Him and Spot, or like, maybe Spot's teaching Hot Dog stuff. Uh, I, I, see, now, I feel, I feel like Hot Dog is, like, um, is, like, Marmaduke's, like, sidekick. Oh, okay, I can see that, too. I feel I feel like Marmaduke's probably gonna get Hot Dog into trouble. You're right. I think Spot would like. I don't know. Spot would kind of hang out with everybody. I think he'd be a yeah a dog's Spot, dog. Spot's gonna be just like be like, hey, where's Spot at? And then like he's gonna come by in a hang glider. But dude, think about the dogs you passed up on. Like this is a super group of nefarious dogs. Snossus's dog has a horrible name. Been made fun of yep. all his life. He's gonna yep. want to be. He's gonna want to be a criminal. Uh, mm. Rin Tin Tin. I, yeah, I don't know. Bullseye has the name of a supervillain. Fuck. Marley also kind of like I, that name's been associated with like uh, Marley from uh, a Christmas Carol. I don't know. I know that's not the same, but he did like in that movie he was with oh. Owen Wilson. I, I'm just trying to say. Old Yeller has rabies. That dog is dangerous to be around. Oh fuck! I got a rabid dog after me. I gotta hope that Rolf can like keep these guys like calm. Yeah, so we would see Rolf is the one that's gonna try to chill him, and Mr. Peabody maybe. Ugh, Mr. Pe- Mr. Peabody can fuck off. I mean, the Shaggy dog just turns to a human and then leaves. I mean, the Shaggy dog yeah. is his own. Like, he's his own thing. And Brandon yeah. has Punky, so I guess only a few of them oh. are kind of like a Brandon. Yeah. Wow, what a wonderful game, Jonathan. Best game. Best game. Friends, it's that super, super special time of the week where we check in with our dear, dear old friend on Charles in Charge. The new boy in the neighborhood lives downstairs and it's understood. He's there to take good care of me like he's one of the family. Guys, you might remember that we were completely finished with Charles in Charge. We watched all of it. Every episode. Every episode possible. And as far as we know, that was the end of it. Uh, imagine yeah. imagine my surprise a couple, of week, a couple of days ago when I was watching the last episode of Charles in Charge and suddenly another episode popped up. Now, I don't know if Netflix just brought Charles in Charge back. And like Clearly. film these. Clearly, that's what happened. I mean that that's think, the only explanation, right? I think I think these came from a Michu Kaku parallel universe. <laughs> I because, would agree. Right? I mean I don't see I don't see any Pembrokes here. No Pembrokes. Who do we have now? Who is this family? Uh the Powell family. Imposters. <laughs> the house is <sighs> similar, but there's been drastic architectural changes that you just can't do. Yeah. Like, I, there's no... I've watched a lot of HGTV. I've watched a lot of... Renov- you couldn't do this stuff to a house without, no. like, completely leveling it and then building a new. But then why would you build it almost identical except for these little things? It doesn't make sense. The only explanation could come from Michio Kaku. Yeah, parallel universe. But here's yeah. the other thing. Brad and I started to investigate, and we found out that in one episode in particular, Gwendolyn Pierce comes back. So, yeah, we kind of had to watch that for the show. Of course. And investigate. So we've watched the two-parter. What is this episode called? What are these episodes called, Brad? They have the same title, but part one and part two. Yeah, um, you know, these beloved episodes of this uh, Parallel Universe show, uh, which we all know is um, entitled um, Twice Upon a Time. Nice. 
Twice Upon a Time. Parts one and two. Um, so yeah, every time we review a television show, we like to try to summarize it in as close to a minute as possible. Now, how can we do this in an alfio of a alternate reality Charles in charge? Good question. Because when there's two episodes, let's see. So what we're probably going to end up doing is that one of us will start it, we'll go as long as we can, and then pass it to the next one, and we'll see if we can, if Brad and I together can win the day and become Bravehearts. And that's when yes. you summarize something in a minute exactly. If it's over a minute, we've forgotten. Um, let's not forget, Brad. Please, let's not forget. I hate... Let's not forget. Alex, uh, do you want uh, part one or part two? Ugh. Um... If you have a preference, friend, say it. Because I'll do part one. Then I can do part two. I can bring it home with a part two. All right. Um, Counting on you. Yeah. If it's under a minute, uh, if it's 55 seconds to a minute, we still win. We're still winners, but just not Bravehearts. Anything below that, we're chumps. We're not going to be Charles chumps today, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to win. Alex, do you want to count me in? Give me just a second. I need to catch my... I, can't, can't, I need to combine my thoughts. Give me a minute. Do it. Collect those thoughts. Brad, are you prepared? I, I think I can do this. Let's do it. Let's. This is the eighth anniversary, friend. We can do this. Oh, I'm gonna feel like such an idiot if we don't do it. Um, you'll be going on go. Three, two, one, go. Okay, parallel universe. There's no Jill. There's no Stan. There's no Lila, Douglas, or Jason. It's the fucking Powell family. Charles in charge. Uh, Charles and Buddy, they're studying for a history test. Buddy apparently knows all history facts because of weird reasons. Um, um, also, Charles's mom's around now. Also, Charles's mom is Sylvester Stallone's mom. <laughs> weird. Gwendolyn Pierce is back in the picture. Um, her and Charles go on a date. She's moved to California, but she's back. Um, Charles proposes. Go. So Charles, it's left whether she's going to accept. She does the next day, and everyone is like, Charles, you're too young to get married. Buddy hates this idea. Charles slowly realizes that Gwendolyn only wants to marry him to get out of another relationship that she's in, which is really just toxic between her father, her mother, and this other guy. So Charles says, look, you don't want to marry me. You just want to get it out. Go sort yourself out, girl. Maybe we got something in the future. Also, kids date. It gets kind of weird. Um, and yeah, Grandpa is crazy, but that's Charles in charge. One minute! Ah! Also, I denounce and reject myself, uh, Travolta's mother, not Stallone's When you mother. said Stallone, my mind, like, you almost ruined it for me. I was like, I don't know if I can finish this episode, like, summarizing this, yeah. because you threw out something that's such a curveball, but would be fucking crazy and awesome. <laughs> But no. her last name is Travolta. I thought, wait, yeah, no, are you saying no. Travolta and Stallone I know, I are so, related? I, I don't know. I, I, I get the wrong weird celebrity mom <laughs> name out. I, it's, it's, Travolta. it's Ellen Travolta. Ellen Travolta. Oh, man. I'm okay. At, okay. I can call I mean, Travolta is enough to make yeah. it kooks. But uh, Stallone was was going to push uh, me no. over the edge. She, she's, she's a psychic. Stallone's mom is a psychic friend, right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't she, isn't she the one that's the psychic? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell when someone's claiming to be a psychic. I Isn't his mom something? I mean, she's his mom. <laughs> Am I, is this all, is it all Ellen Travolta? What if it is? What if Ellen, it's all Jackie, yeah, yeah, Jackie Stallone is a American astrologer, former dancer and promoter of women's wrestling. <laughs> yep. Wow. Um. Oh God! Do a Google image search of Jackie Stallone. I don't want to. 
Please do. I don't do. want to. <laughs> Fuck. Typing it in now, Jackie Stallone. Well, I'm typing in Jackie Stallone Young. Whoa, Jackie just Stallone. Ty- or just type Stallone's mother. Like, you'll be fine. That's what I did. Well, there's there's the old and then there's the new. So they say Young, I guess, to compare to her now. She's not aged well. She's had some terrifying surgeries. She's had a lot of work done. And not necessarily, I don't know why. Oh. That's upsetting. She looked- But no, no Stallone's in this app, just Travolta. Just Travolta. Wow. Okay. So, someone else to look up. So, Josie Davis, who plays the middle child in this, or the, the middle imposter Powell family child, she's gone on to actually do a lot of work. She was on 90210. She was on, uh, she was on Two and a Half Men, apparently. Looks like she might have been, like, playing the love interest of David Spade, which is, like, I guess the tail end of Two and a Half Men. I don't, I'm not really sure how Two and a Half Men worked. I never watched it. CBS. It's gross. Yeah. Um, no, I... What was she on? She was on something that I watched. Um, I don't know. It, was it Hollywood Heights? Was it Hawaii Five-0? Was it Dirty so. Teacher? Or Secrets of My Stepdaughter? <laughs> You know what? Maybe not. Maybe not. It was probably CSI New York, Brad. That's probably what you oh, remember her from. She was on you know, four episodes. Show. She came back. <laughs> four. You know what? She, she's mainly famous for being the other girl from Charles in Charge. I mean, yeah. I didn't even know she was doing work still. And the other girl, this other uh, girl went on to be on Baywatch. Yeah. Nicole Eggers. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's Ramjack Worlds colliding. Because that, that means that she was on there with... Uh, one of the world's greatest humans, Dr. David Hasselhoff, who then went on to uh, make one of the best shows probably on television in, in history, and that would be at least the second season and third season of uh, Baywatch Nights. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's interesting that Netflix would do this weird Charles in Charge thing. Um, so th- now this this other kid, um, this other fucking kid, um, he's gone. He's gone on to be. He's basically a Frank Welker. He's just additional voices in everything. I okay yeah okay that's interesting. Um, if we were gonna play snatch a release with the kids of both families, um, Alex, this is not okay. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I, I like I the like idea of game. like pitting them against each other. Um, which kid are you gonna snatch? Are you gonna snatch Nicole Heggard from Baywatch? Well, no, oh. I'm sorry. I I, I, I meant oh. to say that in every instance, I would prefer uh, the Pembroke family hands down because they're just more interesting people like more interesting characters this new yeah. kid the boy is just oh, lame he he's the worst yeah i mean the older his sisters are more interesting but they like yeah. no they pale in comparison to the the sister and the original charles in charge and even the other brother <laughs> i mean there's no way around it the other family was the family that should have won how and who the fuck I, is Grandpa? So their dad, I, I find out, because I watched part of another episode um, that Netflix had. Uh, actually, Brad and I streamed this online through other means. You can get all of them on Amazon. Um, but, so the dad is a military, serves in the military, yeah. and is like out abroad and never comes home. As far as I know, he's never like mentioned. Maybe there's phone calls. But in the third, or yeah, in the second season of this family, I guess the third season of Charles in Charge, 
one of the plot lines is that he comes home to meet Charles for the first time and everyone's worried. Um, and that's weird. I don't like that. Because it kind of makes... When Charles and the mom are beside each other, it kind of feels like Charles is the dad. And that's fine. I mean, that's what Charles in Charge is about. But what is Grandpa doing? Like, is Grandpa shtick that he can't remember well? Like, is he... Is uh, he... Like, what is going on with him? I, I don't I don't remember. I... I want to say maybe in that because we, we I know we watched that pilot yeah um for this for this new strange series back in the day um but I I have blocked that out of my memory because it was garbage yeah it was pretty lame um so these all start out Charles and Buddy Buddy Limbeck are studying for an exam um charles asks buddy questions buddy like spits out the answers really quick and charles is amazed because buddy where i've never seen this behavior out of you so what buddy's doing is uh doing an association with i guess events in his life with the answers to i guess these quiz um questions and he's getting them right and i guess that's funny we all have a laugh the girls come in brad and they're talking about a boy yeah, so, um, middle child, I'm gonna look, uh, is it, uh, Jamie? It's Jamie. Is she? Or is it Julie? No, it's Josie. No, it's no, Jamie, it's, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna- Okay, Jamie, Jamie's Nicole Eggert, Sarah. Sarah's the middle girl. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Her, the actress who plays Sarah is Josie Davis. Yeah. My bad. Uh, yeah, so- Don't be alarmed. Sarah- I'm gonna crack open a soda. We can continue. What happened? What happened? Are you okay, Alex? Brad. Is oh man. Is it the oh god? What's what's the street called? <laughs> Bramble. It's the Brambles. No, no. Did the Brambles get you. No, no. The Brambles are not presently here that I'm aware of. Don't let those Brambles snatch. I'm in you. the basement though. They could be upstairs robbing me blind. Oh god. Caught by the Brambles. Um. So yeah, Jamie. Uh, not Jamie. Sarah is apparently been asked out to the to the school dance, which will be her first date. Which uh, starts a long-running joke because they come in there like, I, it's, it's, I don't care. It's sexual don't innuendo care. and sexual innuendo. They've yeah. they've upped that in this version of Charles in Charge. Which, again, well, as much as my comment earlier about playing a snatch and release <laughs> was obviously yeah. like a joke and not, I I don't know. I don't like this vibe. I do not like this yeah. sexually charged Charles in Charge. Yeah. Also, they're really sexualizing Nicole Eggert, yeah, who here is a teenager. I don't know how old she is in this show, but she's not too far away from Baywatch, and I, it's it's just too weird. It's too weird. Dude, she is young in this show. Like, she is yeah. not even close to 18, just as, not her character, but yeah. like her. She's just, no. Like, she's a kid kid yeah. still. And doing that's weird. Yeah. And I know, they, they come in, they're like, again, sexual innuendo, she's like... Basically, the girls, she's like, look, if you have a good time on the date, you might want to kiss this boy. To which Charles steps up and says, nope, no, 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 no. There'll be no kissing here, girls. I don't want you to talk about boys. What are you doing? Oh, you got your first date, huh? Well, I don't know about that because I'm Charles and I'm in charge of you. You don't just like, (laughs) yeah, it's like, you, you know, you can't just kiss any stranger that comes up to you or that you know on a date. Charles opens the door because someone rang the doorbell. Who is it? Oh my god! Gwendolyn Pierce! Gwendolyn Pierce! Uh, Charles kisses her immediately. Lip lock. Everyone kind of guffaws. 
The kids are like, who the fuck is that? And Sarah says, I think it's an Avon lady. High alert. High alert. (laughs) Are the other doors locked? Go check the kitchen. The kitchen that's been completely remodeled to be like a... Like a sunroom? Like, what the fuck? I don't even know like, what this garbage is. I don't even understand the architecture of that room. Like, again... The pals didn't sign off on that. No, they did or not. that Pembroke's, Pembroke's didn't sign off on that. How does the staircase stay suspended in the air for this family? It looks like... I mean, I know you can make staircases like this, but it goes up and then there's like an immediate bridge across to... An, where does that bridge go? Whose room is that? It's a bridge. It doesn't fully connect to the other part of the wall like it used to. What's going on in this house? How did they change like everything? It. Is Charles upstairs or downstairs now? Does he live upstairs or downstairs? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? <sighs> this family, man. You, you know who would know? Um, Sylvester Stallone's mother, <laughs> because she's a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> she would know. I, 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 I hope she talks just like him. <laughs> but like in a woman's voice. Hey, I'm your psychic friend. <laughs> I'm Jack Stallone. Put a in the car. Oh, it's 2 o'clock. It's at 9.99 for the first minute. 99 cents a minute after that. I'm going to tell you the future. <laughs> what was that? Alright, so... Uh, what are you... The Queen of Clubs. Okay. Uh, okay. Yikes. Uh, this is weird. This is super weird. <laughs> so... I'm sorry, just to... Like, I have a vague memory that, like, in, like, later seasons of Charles in Charge, like, um, like, Charles is actually dating, um, Nicole Eggert's that, character. That can't be true, right? Like, that can't, but I'm, I think that was a thing. That can't be true. I think it's a thing. Scott Bayo was, like, really old by the time he even, like, becomes their Charles. So, like, how yeah. does that work? I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take a quick sneaky glance. Please look into see. that. Because I just need to know. Like, I'm, I'm not... Like, surely not. But I, I kind of feel like it was a thing. Did the... Okay, did the actors date? Or did, like, the characters date? Uh, I will. Hmm. Okay, newsflash... Uh, also, the mom is never at home. Never at home. Um, so it is really just Charles raising these children. I'm looking at... Uh, while Brad's looking into the Nicole Eggert, Charles Sitch, I'm looking at just pictures of... I guess Charles, this this other family, and Charles in charge, and it the one I'm looking at, the frame I'm looking at right now, must be years after. This must be one of the later seasons. The middle child, Sarah, still wears her hair like a tiny child. It's so weird. And I spoil alert for best dress, worst dress. Sarah's character always is like gunning for worst dress, even in the '80s when everyone's fashions was were crazy. Sarah goes above and beyond. What is she doing? Did you see the overalls in the one episode, dog? Oh. Overalls that are like a different fabric from like the waist up and then a different one going down. So it's like, and then you have a shirt underneath it. It's all the patterns and all the breaking. It's crazy. All right. I'm not, see- I'm not seeing anything about this um, immediately. So maybe just maybe. Thankfully, no. Uh, maybe this didn't happen. Also, the little brother as he gets older... No, does not. This isn't. This isn't the Charles in charge I know and love. No thanks, Netflix. Oh, <laughs> you shouldn't garbage. have. Re- you shouldn't have rebooted it. Nope. Ugh. Now I. Uh, so yeah. Um. Yeah. Gwendolyn Pierce is here. Yay. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's this is the episode of Charles we should watch, and we did. 
Because, yeah. yeah, she's back. It's like old times, man. It's not Charles in charge without Gwendolyn running around. Seriously. And I, I forgot, she is a strikingly beautiful woman. Oh, definitely. It's Gwendolyn Pierce, dude. Like, just crazy. She's also on the pilot episode of Quantum Leap. You don't, yeah, you told me this. I, I need to go back and watch that again. Uh, she's yeah. also on freaking Ghostbusters, man. Nice. She's at the beginning of Ghostbusters. Speaking of psychics, <laughs> Bill Murray and Stallone's mother are oh, like testing really? <laughs> to see who's psychic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Gwendolyn Pierce versus Stallone's mom, and let me tell you, Stallone's mom really doesn't. I don't. It's it really brings into question whether she's psychic or not. Yeah, no, I, I could do this. Uh, three line uh, star uh, triangle. Sorry. Bzzz. Uh oh no. Shut my mom, will ya? <laughs> God's as easy as breathing. I know, it's... Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It's an interesting scene in Ghostbusters. But, uh... Gwendolyn's back. There's a hard... There's a weird transition to where I think they may have cut a scene because they, they immediately come in and the kids are in the kitchen, like at the kitchen table, eating a snack. Gwendolyn and Charles are up by the uh, sink... And like the little island in the middle of the uh, crazy sun, uh, like greenhouse slash kitchen, and the kids are like, "So when did you guys meet? How long did you guys date?" We dated for about a year, about a year ago, and uh, yeah, Gwendolyn had to move because her family moved over to the West Coast, and she she decided to go uh, over there with them. What the fuck is this shit about? You're in college. Why are you moving away with your family? Uh, why did all the families move over to the West Coast? Because that's where the, uh, Pembrokes went. Yeah, seriously, did her did her family and the Pembrokes, like, what happened in this town? A lot of stuff happened, <laughs> we gotta man. get the fuck out of here. They got tired of Bramble Road. <laughs> A lot of oh. crazy shit happened on the Bramble in their community, and they had to get out. Oh, Bramble flight. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get out of here. <laughs> Fucking Brambles are taking over. Yep. I think you know what I mean by that. <laughs> So, yeah, that's kind of weird and bullshit. Uh, also, did she leave when Charles was at summer camp, too? <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I was trying to remember, were they together at the end of the last season? Because I remember at one point they broke up and decided just to be friends. Yeah. And I don't remember if they got together again by the end of the first season or not. Uh, new listeners will know that, or will won't know, that we watched all of the ori- first season of Charles in Charge way back in the day. Like, that's early Ramjack. started Jack. on episode 50. Yeah. I believe. And it's 320 right now, so just do that math. A long time ago. Um, So, if there was an episode where she moved to the West Coast, we could have easily forgotten in the time span that that... I mean, live... Oh, she didn't move to the West Coast. She was still in the... She was in the full first season. But I just don't remember if they were dating still at the end. I thought they broke... I think they broke up like halfway through the first season. I'm almost positive they broke up halfway through the first season, friend. Because that was part of the beginning of it and I'm pretty sure there was a whole talk about like yeah we can still be friends or whatever so you're right they became friends and then she moved to the west coast when he was on was at summer camp with Buddy when they came back and everything changed (laughs) (laughs) literally the house was rebuilt in a matter of like weeks weeks it was also it was also like a year later (laughs) yeah because there was a weird like this show was like a mid-season replacement and then it got delayed and so they didn't even film the second season with a they filmed the second season with a different cast and a different set like a year and a half two years later dude it's pretty crazy so when he comes back brand new family this family and uh 
yeah, huge downgrade. But so Gwendolyn did the same West Coast Bramble flight, and now she's back, and she's trying to rekindle things with Charles. There's more like sexual in- innuendo stuff with the kids, where um, Gwendolyn and Charles say something, and the kids think, oh no, they're about to bone down right now on that island bar. We gotta get the fuck out of here. Seriously. That's weird. weird. That is weird. <laughs> and they're not. Like, they're just chatting. They say something that might be misconstrued as sexual innuendo, and like, oh, the kids gotta go. Got to go. Like, what kind of life do they leave where they think that that can just happen? Like, that just happens. What happened yeah. to the neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking brambles, man. <laughs> they have a heart-to-heart, right? They're like, hey. Well, no, they don't. Gwendolyn kind of mentions another guy on the she, West Coast. Yeah, she mentions, uh, oh, yeah, something about Richard. He's like, who's Richard? Oh, but then old Grandpa comes in, and he does a wacky introduction. And as soon as he gets out of the scene, in comes old uh, Mom's Travolta. Does she live there? Or what's going on? I don't think so. Does she run the restaurant? I think Did she so. buy the lamplight and, like, make it legit family restaurant? Oh, the lamplight. Yeah. Dude. Well, I was looking back on the first season, and do you remember, like, um, Grandma Rue McClanahan was running, like a, um, like, a global pizza empire? And so this place is, like, a there's, like, a pizza shop, so... Is this part of, like, Rue McClanahan's pizza, pizza Empire? Dude, you just reminded me how awesome the first season of Charles in Charge was. Oh, it's so good. It's just fun. Fun and, like, nonsensical at times. Like, out of all the shows that we've watched, Charles in Charge might be my favorite for Ramjack. Yeah. I mean, I love Belvedere for what it was. And, like, every everything that we've watched, Say by the Bell is great. But Charles in Charge hit, like, a certain, like, just try like a balance that was so good for what it was i mean those that for all first season is pretty damn solid agreed agreed um wow i forgot room mcclanahan had that pizza empire so this could have been yeah. like this could be part of that pizza empire kind of i guess oh wait 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 but she was the pinbook grandma she wasn't charles's grandma well that doesn't mean well they still live in this world brad but they're on the west coast yeah. but I, I thought i thought it was gonna be um travolta's uh travolta's mom Interesting. So, okay, no, but it was it was Grandma Pembroke. Yeah. This is actually yeah, Charles' mom. It's been a while. Been a while. So yeah. she lives around the neighborhood. Why her and Charles don't live together and why Charles is a Charles again? Anyone's guess. <sighs> that, no, that was part of the deal. Like, the Pembrokes were like, yeah, we're going to, like, we're going to sublet you our house yeah. if you're willing to keep Charles. Look, we caught Charles. <laughs> if you want to catch or release him, that's up to you. <laughs> Here's also Buddy. They come together as a pack. Catch and release. Who you doing? Who's going? What's going on? I mean, on? Tra- like Charles's life really is a Hillary Clinton situation. <laughs> like he's straight up an indentured servant there. <laughs> he really is. Poor Charles. Oh. So, yeah, Charles is like, um, who's this other dude you just? Well, okay, we can't not say this. So. Gwendolyn says, look, buddy, I know we had our differences a long time ago, but literally that was forever ago. And then Buddy looks at her and squints his eyes and is like, that was just a year ago. But he asks it like it's a question. Like he knows something is wrong. <laughs> also, okay, I know that... Weren't they get along fine by the end of that first season? Yeah, dude, they were friends. They hung out I, like, all not, the time. 
I'm not buying with this episode so solid. But it's so, I mean, this leaves credence that something crazy shifted in their universe because the way Buddy asked yeah. it, he knows it's been two years at the very least. It's felt like three. Everyone looks completely different. How do they do the how? Like, he's begging her to answer the question, Gwendolyn, you're the only familiar face since we've been back. <laughs> Tell me what's yes. real. In the original timeline, Sylvester Stallone's mom <laughs> was Charles's mom. <laughs> Charles, is he going to this back? You gonna go down and get some pizza? Get cow cod reading. And Travolta's mom was a psychic friend. There you go. There you go. So yeah, she slips. Oh yeah, there's this dude on the west coast. Don't worry about it. Um, she tells Buddy. Like, does she just confess to Buddy? Like, look. N- not yet. Okay, not yet. What happens next? I, this is kind of start getting murky so in this my is, mind. This is when we um, we, we get to, um, Sarah's nervous about her date. Oh, yeah, the B-plot. Um, she's thinking about uh, possibly canceling her date. What's the point of this B-plot? I know later it serves as like a, um, a mechanism for Charles to kind of realize what's happening with him and Gwendolyn, kind of. Yeah. But even then, it's a weak connection at best, right? Ugh, I don't even care. Hey, like, you don't. Um, it's the middle. It's we, okay. Sarah. <laughs> we are into the fashion, fashion section of the show, though. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, we got two outfits back-to-back here. So we've got um, Sarah's wearing some things. I, she's got the these pink pants that have, like, I, it's, like, I think it's a double belt situation and suspenders. Like, it's, uh, or is it, like, overalls? What is it? Dude, this is hideous. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. This kid is always wearing overalls. Are you talking about the scene where she's wearing, like, the pink overalls with, like, the dress shirt? But look, it's, it almost looks like... But with, like, the type? pastel... Yeah. The pastel shirt, yeah. It's horrible. It's a nightmare. And it's double double belts and uh, double belted overalls. Nope. I know this was and the 80s, that's... but Nope. <laughs> So, uh, in the, but in the next scene, uh, Buddy comes over, and he's wearing a shirt that's pretty goddamn monstrous. <laughs> it's a striped green and pink shirt, but the stripes are fucking huge. Well, it's, it's, well, it's, no, it's not even striped. It's like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a polo shirt that's almost oh. a Star Trek uniform. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. The way that it cuts it in the frame, it makes it look like, yeah, you're right. Imagine a Star Trek uniform with, like... Vi- like a bright green and a bright pink but then halfway down the sleeve which is super long it changes to pink again and and to comes up to a, a triangular point yeah and, and under the collar is green as well oh fuck so if you if you pop that collar um you you look you got a green collar underneath dude fuck this shirt who who does this <laughs> who who does this it's bad news bear. I'm gonna be honest. Charles and Buddy probably dress, uh, have the least egregious outfits throughout the course of these two episodes, by and large, except for this shirt fiasco. Yeah, this shirt is a nightmare. Because normally it's just like, all right, we're gonna wear like a nice, like a dress shirt or some shirt, and we're gonna tuck it into pants. Now, tucking pants in without a belt, I am adamantly against personally, but their outfits kind of work for them. Not so with Sarah. 
Never with Sarah. This kid can't... It, best dress should be when she decides to wear an outfit that actually works for her, and then she would win out of default because it's like, this is the best you've dressed, kid. Congratulations. But I don't know. Oh, you can't say best dress yet. Wait. So yeah, they're talking about the dates, and Charles is like, do whatever the fuck you want. I'm shaving. I got a date with Gwendolyn Pierce. Gwendolyn Pierce! She's like, why do you say it like that? He's like, shut up. Get out of here. Um, Gwendolyn comes back over with waiting for Charles to go on their date and Buddy's down there and he's like, look, I'm worried you're going to break my friend's heart like you did last time and it's going to change everything. Since the last giant, like, literally world change, like, cataclysmic world change, I'm a little skittish about change. Don't break his heart. You're not going to break his heart, right? She confesses that she has a bow on the West Coast that she's engaged to. Yeah, not a bow, a fiancé. A fiancé, Brad. And Buddy's like, God fucking damn it. Gwendolyn, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> In order to spare Charles's feelings, Buddy convinces the rest of the family they've got to intervene. they got to go to the lamplight slash pizza joint or whatever the hell it is. And they've got to, like, kind of fake a surprise, like, going away party for Gwendolyn, who's got to go back to yeah. the West Coast. That's the other thing. Like, she, she's told Charles she's going to be there for another week. But she tells Buddy, actually, she's decided to fly back home tomorrow. Oh, like, I what is that. this bullshit? She's like, I don't, I don't, I want, I don't want to tell Charles. I want to stay, be able to enjoy our last night together. What? Gwendolyn Pierce. First off, that's also ominous. My last night together with him. Are you gonna? Are this like a weird murder pact? Like, what are you trying to do, Gwendolyn? I want to get pregnant by Charles. <laughs> I mean, dude. Ever since those brambles moved in, I'm a little suspect of all activity on Charles and Charles. Of course, of course. Um, so yeah, he, get those bramble ideas in your head. Like, all the kids are like, all right, this is our Charles. I guess in the episodes before, this is episode, like, what, 21, 22? It's in the 20s. In the 20 episodes before this, they've they've taken to owning Charles. Like, they're not, they're not going to take our Charles. Not going to do it. Yeah. Grandpa's even involved and is kind of, a, like, he gets Gwendolyn's name wrong, but it's Grandpa. He's calling, he's calling her Mildred Pierce. It's hilarious, not very. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a secret surprise going away party for. Her. So they all go to the pizza shop that may be owned by Grandma Pembroke, uh, and everyone's dressed like a goddamn nightmare. Dude, dude, it is crazy. It's like let's go out for pizza. Everyone choose their uh, <laughs> outfits they least like to be seen in public in, just for tonight. For Gwendolyn, I mean, we're gonna scare her off with our outfits. This little boy and his suspenders that are like, they're like way, the suspenders are too big for him because like clearly the fastener is like at like his shoulders. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Um, Nicole Eggert's dress is like just this green, like, like green, I don't know, little girl's party dress. Um, Gwendolyn's dress is like. Oh, it's, Gwendolyn's dress is like Miss Piggy. Like, it's (laughs) Hello, Charles. Really bad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, every- Charles. <laughs> it's it's the worst. So Buddy's like wearing a shirt open. I guess Buddy probably looks the coolest next to Charles, who just has a sh- suit on or something. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like '80s, too big. Everything's too big on Charles. Like, like it's it's weird. His pants are huge. His jacket's huge. Dude, speaking of huge, when that kid shows up later to go on the date with Sarah, like, his clothes are, it's like he borrowed his father's suit. Like, it is... Well, but that's the joke, I mean, though. yeah. He's supposed to look like an awkward kid. 
So yeah, oh. but the rest of the I don't know the fact that there's a little difference between the bagginess and hugeness of his clothes, even though it's supposed to be played for a joke, and everyone else's throughout the show yeah, is kind of weird. Seriously. It's like, wait, is this a joke or what the fuck are you doing, the eighties? Um, so uh, the whole scheme here at the pizza place is um, Bunny's having everybody keep interrupting them. So that the idea is if their final night together keeps being ruined, um, she won't have a chance to break his heart and then she'll just go away and <laughs> Charles will be okay. Yeah, yeah. How would that work? How would it fail, Brad? I, like, I feel like in that scenario, it's like I, I had one last date with her and everyone ruined it. Oh, I, I could have had a chance. Like, you're, that's just false hope. That makes it so much worse. I mean, agreed. It's pretty bad. Um, Charles is backed into a corner. In a desperate measure, he yells at the top of his lungs in the restaurant when everyone gets super quiet, Gwendolyn, will you marry me? And that's how the movie ends. <laughs> well, that's how the to be continued. Oh, 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 That's oh. not the end of the episode. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know how you're watching a television show and it says to be continued and some credits come up and then there's some more of that television show? <laughs> oh, how television shows work. My bad. Hey, my bad. That's, Look, what is that? Honest mistake. Honest mistake. <laughs> like, seriously. Why is there a scene after this? After that, I kind of appreciate the scene because in a movie when it has like a second, like a, a, a credit, like a scene after the credits, it makes me. You're right. It makes me feel good, and it's like, ooh, I'm getting I, a secret that no one else would get because they didn't stay through the credits. I re- I really liked how everybody was talking about uh, um, when Charles proposed, and then fucking Thanos came out and hit <laughs> the camera. I don't know. This I'll be the one marrying Gwendolyn Pierce. <laughs> In the future. All right, Thanos. Wow. Whatever. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Black Adam. <laughs> but no, it's it's Thanos. It's a guy. Yeah, Th- Thanos and Black Adam, Black Adam come out and it's like, one of us, one of us will be eventually marrying Gwendolyn Pierce, but which one will it be? <gasps> bum, bum, bum. I mean, a lot of crazy shit's happening. It's Bramble is actually scene, a code name for the Tesseract. Like teenage Groot, and it's it's pretty crazy. A teenage Groot? Yeah, I think that's what this family needs. Let's get rid of that stupid little kid, Adam Powell, and just put Groot in. Let's let's get rid of the kid. Let's get rid of that mom. Let's get rid of Grandpa. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can keep we can keep Travolta. I guess we can keep both the girls because one of them's Nicole Eggert and the other one's like the weird one. Yeah, so. yeah they'll be fine. Bring the old family back. Let's let's bring Jason and fucking Douglas. And, Douglas. Uh, oh, who's the other daughter? Oh, Jill. Is it Jill? No, that's the mom, right? That's the mom. Um, Lila. Lila. Lila Pembroke. Oh, God, those kids so were cool. awesome. So, <sighs> Gwendolyn leaves Charles at the pizza joint. Basically, like, give me a little time to think about it. Now, this is even more, like, nefarious, because we know that she's going to fly out, so I guess she has a plane ticket that night. So she could, in theory, just leave Charles, and then, like, he's heartbroken, and this is Buddy's worst nightmare. But no, she stays, and she comes back to Charles the next day, and is like, ask me again, Charles. Oh, by the way, that's halfway through the episode, where she finally shows up. What else happens in this? I forgot. We... 
we spend most of the episode with Charles, like, waiting at the phone for her to call Ooh, back. Yeah, yeah. Because there's the whole thing about well, how, uh, Buddy... Because she's promised, she's promised she's going to call him first thing in the morning. Um, and... Because... Well, the whole, the episode starts, and she's t- she tells him about Richard. She tells him she's engaged. Um, but she doesn't want to marry him. Um... So they agree, um, she's gonna go out back to the hotel and think about it, and she's gonna call him first thing in the morning. So then we have Charles, like, is, uh, repeatedly calling the hotel, and she's not there. And everyone's interrupting him. Nobody wants to eat breakfast, even though Grandpa made a huge breakfast, apparently. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that means, because I don't... He made, it looks like he made like a super huge waffles or something, but yeah, everyone leaves the house, no one gets... He actually is also late, so he can't eat his own breakfast, so Charles is, I guess, just gonna have breakfast of a king. <laughs> well, which is good, because Grandpa didn't make Charles any breakfast, True. asshole. What a jerk. Grandpa, I don't like Grandpa. <laughs> don't like him. Yeah. So, like, Mom comes over later and is like, oh, hey, Charles, what's up? Just coming over to tell you... It's kind of weird you proposed to that girl, but if you love her, you love her, I guess. Yeah, and she also says when she comes in, I came, I tried to call, but your line was busy. And I was like, oh my gosh, is like something wrong with the phone line and Gwendolyn hasn't been able to call Charles? Oh no, and like we cut over to her like at a payphone the la- as they're boarding the plane. It's yeah. like, fuck. I, I guess we're just supposed to take it that's because Charles keeps trying to call Gwendolyn's hotel. Yeah. But... I, I, they really left that hang in there for a bit. And I'll be honest, Charles, you're a little creepy right now, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Soup's creep, bud. Well, I think when you propose to someone and they say, let me think it over, I think... Okay, okay, but okay. It's not a great scenario. Let's, That's not a great scenario. Let's take all this at face value, though. Woman shows up on the door, you kiss her instantly. You don't know what your relationship... You were friends the last time you saw her, but then again, everything changed after the last time you saw her, so okay. I understand. I feel there's as much chance of him, like, proposing to Meg Ryan. True. True. We know Meg Ryan never came back. If she did, which I highly doubt, we would definitely be watching that episode at some point. Definitely. But he does that. She wants to, like, romantically get involved with him, and then he proposes to her, like, over the course of a day. Or two. Like, yeah. it's like, Charles, dude, and take she, a knee. What's he, going on? He proposes because she says she's leaving town. Yeah. Charles. Ostensibly never to see him again. Yeah, super weird. So, she eventually she eventually comes over and is like, ask me again. And then she accepts his proposal. No one's buying yeah. this. I mean, I guess they go through the motions. And maybe Travolta is like, hey, Charles... Uh, I mean, do what you gotta do, man, but maybe think about this. She says something, and I can't remember what it is, that basically tips Charles off that maybe Gwendolyn and him are doing this for the wrong reasons. I don't know what Charles's reasons are, other than to cling to a past that, again, evaporated over the course of a week. Yeah, yeah. But her... Uh, well, basically, basically her whole thing is like, listen, you know you love somebody um, when you're willing to sacrifice your own happiness for theirs. Okay. Do you think that's an accurate depiction of love, Brad? Nah. <laughs> Whatever. Brad, are you saying that love isn't real? I'm saying whatever. Like you should have said that on stage I, you know when what? they asked you that. I'm I'm with I'm with Nicole Eckert. Love is dumb. Love is stupid. I do love that they do give some of the kids beyond some of the sexual innuendo stuff. They do give the kids some pretty good jokes, I would say. And that was one of them. It's like love is stupid. 
There's a whole Romeo and Juliet thing where, like, Sarah has read Romeo and Juliet, but Janie's just now reading it. And then she's, like, saying stuff like, I hope it doesn't end like West Side Story, because they sound really familiar, right? And it's making her to be, like, out to be a dummy, I guess, or just not cultured. You know, she's the dumb horde child. (laughs) Unlike Sarah, who is respectable and a lady. You can tell she's a lady by the giant bouquet of flowers that are pinned to her chest, which I guess is supposed to be a corsage of some sort later. That is a straight-up fucking bouquet pinned to her chest. That is wrong. 80s, <laughs> stop it. Oi, um, so yeah, so by the way, she's um, she's been in a room um, because this she doesn't want to go on this date, and I, I don't know, I, I thought she was playing sick, but no, she's just, just hiding is what she's doing. <laughs> For like two days, she's just hiding. Yep. Because she doesn't have, she's not willing to like cancel the date because she doesn't want to hurt this guy's feelings, um, and she's scared to go on the date. So this is what tips Charles off, and she's like, "Oh, I see what's going on here. Oh, Gwendolyn's the worst." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the kid ends up going on the date, but yeah, like you said, Charles realizes, "Oh, Gwendolyn, you're using me to get out of like." actually having to confront your parents who are making you make choices you don't like and this boy that you're apparently I don't know if you want to be with him or not but at the very least maybe suspend your engagement to him if you're having this which is obvious right you don't travel across the country and go with an old flame yeah and like exactly a month a month before you're supposed to be married yeah it's like Gwendolyn maybe take some time Ooh. for yourself yeah um and yeah it gets a little weird because Charles confronts her about it and she starts, like, hitting him. <laughs> well, he, like, grabs her at one point. Yeah, like, that was oh. weird. Oh, I don't like this. Well, she gets really violent. Doesn't she threaten to, like, hurt him? Like, vocally. Yeah, and then, yeah. like, it's not cool. It's like, Gwendolyn, you're acting like a child or a scary adult. Yeah. Well, granted, she's like a sophomore in college. True. She's practically a child. Um, True, and I Brad, she grew up on Bramble Street, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> grew, up, grew up around all those brambles. <laughs> I would be surprised um, if she has a, an assault rifle just in her purse or like underneath that giant dress. <laughs> oh, so I, uh, so she's Charles. Like, listen, you don't want to marry me. You just want to not listen to your parents and not marry this rich dude, um, which is cool. But you don't want to marry me. You just want to not do all this shit. If we didn't have the first season of Charles in Charge to, like, I guess make these stakes of whatever these characters are, like, worth something, this scene is weird. Yeah. Because they overact it. Like, Gwendolyn is fucking, like, again, weirdly violent, weirdly confrontational. This is a Gwendolyn we've never seen in the show before. Like, something... This is acting acting chops, Pierce. Asking top... Yeah, this might have... Did this land her the role on Quantum Leap? I don't know. Um, uh, I will say that I was scared of Scott Bayo. <laughs> yeah, when he grabbed her, oh, I was well, like, "Oh shit!" Because Scott Bayo is kind of an asshole. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Um, so there's a tear- tearful goodbye. She's like, "I'm gonna kiss you one last time, Charles." He can't kiss her, Brad, because if he does, I'll never let her go. It gets kind of it gets kind of silly, and that's fine. Um, she leaves. She says she loves Gwendolyn Pierce. She says that she loves him, Brad. Door shuts. Tear out of Charles's eye. I love you too. Ding dong! Immediately, so like there was someone outside waiting. They must have said, "Oh hi, Gwendolyn." Hello. <laughs> As they were leaving, I don't know who was it though. It was uh, Buddy, right? 
No, it's um the most awkward kid in the world in the biggest suit. Oh, I almost forgot about dude. Yeah. He brings in a giant box that has again a bouquet of flowers <laughs> in it that he bends to her chest very awkwardly. It's his first date, Brad. It's his first date. Oh. Um, by the way, what is the hell's mom wearing? Mom is in this little mom mom shows up for all five seconds. She is wearing a sweater that I don't even understand that is cinched with a belt. Just t- just wrapped around. Brad, she's only she's only at home, like like you said, for five seconds during the course of both episodes. So I mean right. she's gotta make an impression when she splashes up on the screen. The only way she can do that was with fashion. I was looking at Wikipedia. Apparently, she's only in two episodes of the last two seasons. Really? <laughs> two or three episodes. Yeah, she, like, quit. But they she made appearances in, like, a couple of episodes. You think they made her quit because they focused so much on Charles and the kids? Which I, I don't yeah. think is a bad direction, to be honest. Yeah, I think they're just like, yeah, we don't we don't need her. <laughs> we got we got Charles' mom. Yeah, once they're old enough to drive, we don't need her to drive the kids around on their dates. Because mom's tagging along on the date. I Worst. This kid has a... A khaki blazer on and like brown pants and a blue tie. It doesn't. It doesn't not make sense, but it's a weird combo. I mean, it makes more sense than any of the overalls things that Sarah wears. But and her dress is like the fucking worst. When Charles says, because when she leaves, he's like, "Hey, you look really pretty." She kind of winks at him. Uh, is he being it's, like mean? <laughs> yeah. Like is it like? <laughs> Like what is he doing? It's, it's, it's like a it's like a little it's like little house on the prairie dress, but she's wearing a sweater on top of it. It's not first date material. Like a, like a cash a cash sweater with a little house on the prairie dress with a bow in her hair. With the fucking and, biggest bow and ever. The biggest bow ever, and she's wearing uh, an entire garden shop on her chest. <laughs> uh, this these kids don't know how to date, man. They don't know how to date. Sorry, I raided the Arboretum. <laughs> Here's your corsage. Let's go on a date. Boy. But, and this poor kid, like, the whole joke is that he's really nervous and shy. Um, because she, he's nervous. Charles gives her a pep talk at some point that's like, Hey, um, listen, you need to go on this date with this guy because you didn't bother to cancel. And he's going to be, he's super nervous. So you owe him. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> that's basically what he says. And again, I'm scared of Scott Bayo in this scene. But because he's commanding, not like being a nurturing adult. What happened in those 20 episodes? <laughs> Between well, the last what? time we left Scott Charles. Scott Bayo came out. Yeah, Scott, Scott Bayo. Because we all know that Scott Bayo's a real asshole. Yeah, he came into his own. Like, he's worse than David Lynch. Oh, Careful, <laughs> social justice warrior. Careful. That's me. That's me. Oh, You're going to alienate our listeners. We're going to start oh, getting feedback no. in the uh, Facebook group. It's going to become a hostile oh. and not no longer a safe place, Brad. You know, I would enjoy this podcast a lot more if it was just Alex talking. <laughs> Who's to say I'm not a social justice warrior? Friend, I think we both said a lot of things that would say that we both lean heavily in that direction, more or less. Especially at the beginning yeah, of this episode. Uh, yeah, I don't, oh, people on the internet, they're weird. Um, it would be funny to do an episode where half of it was just you and half of it was just me. <laughs> Give the people what they want. This is hey, all right, guys. This is Alex Brett. fans. Uh, fast forward to <laughs> a rift has happened on Ramjack. A very special episode, three hundred and twenty-one. Hey guys, Brad. Uh, hey guys, Alex here. Uh, Brad, I'll be joining you in the second half of the show. He's a social justice warrior, and I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So let me talk about some stuff that's just going on here. It's a one-sided conversation, but just listen. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, the final scene, the end of credit scene is them all around like the kitchen table talking about the date. Yeah. Sarah was like, and there's some more like, I guess, teenage sexual innuendo for like, yeah, he brought me to the door. And that's not all that happened. Charles immediately, nope, no, 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 nope. Not in my house. He's like, um, yeah, he he kissed me. And then he asked if we could go on another date. And he's like, oh, okay. And Charles like, hey, everybody, it's cool, it's cool. He just asked if they could go on a second date. And then she gets the door, she's like, and that's not all that happened. Like, stop it. Stop it. I mean, it's it, this is the only one that's, I guess, cute and skirts the kind of sexual innuendo to a point where it's not, like, weird. But still, yeah. I mean... And what's this, the this fucking cute and funny? Yeah. This isn't like um, sexualizing Nicole Eggert. Yeah, who's like maybe sixteen. Fuck the brother, man. They got to get rid of the mom, and they got to get rid of this brother God, and grandpa. This kid. Like fuck these people. Um, there's a giant ball. Of, there's a giant bowl of popcorn, and during this whole scene, you're like waiting for her, uh, the the giant bouquet to knock things over as she's like moving and talking and moving around. That's pinned to her chest. The corsage. Because it's, in, again, insane. But this is where we see it in full force. Um, yeah. That's the episode, though, man. Well, okay, I guess it ends also with, like, Buddy saying, Hey, Charles, I heard about Gwendolyn. Sorry about that, man. You know, Charles says something like, You know, some things just aren't forever. And Buddy pauses and says, And some things are. And then they, like, shake hands and then they hug. Cute. Yeah. Cute credit. New boy in the neighborhood. More like boy yeah, Nic- in a new neighborhood. There's a boy Seriously. in a new neighborhood. Nicole Eggert was 16. At no time, yeah. fucking way. That is 16. so gross then that they're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that is not acceptable. Not acceptable, Charles in charge. For real. The show changed so dramatically. I mean, it still has some of the charm, but again, totally terrified of Scott Bayo. And if Gwendolyn wasn't in this, I don't know how we would how it would work. Ugh. Like I, you know, I I do like Mom Travolta though. Yeah, I do like Mom Travolta. I like Mom Stallone. Like I think that should be a character. Oh, yeah. I wish I wish they were buddy cops. <laughs> but um, bump they moonlight as cops or detectives. <laughs> Just getting off from the uh, pizza place. <laughs> I had to drop Charles off a pizza. Talk to him about Gwendolyn. That's good. I've been sticking out the donut place. It's great. Then we gotta lead. And out the bramble. I got a vision. It's a bramble. <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 what Netflix should do. Fuck this Charles in Charge reboot. Cancel it. Do that. That's what I want to see. I want to see a spinoff. <laughs> what if Netflix did like a real, for real, straight up Charles in Charge? Dude, I would be game for it. it, it what but would... like, why? But but Char- but for whatever reason, Charles is still like helping out a family. <laughs> Even at his age, he is. But yeah. is it a new family? I don't. Uh, I don't. Which is weirder? Okay, it's the, it's the Pembrokes. We're bringing the Pembrokes back, and he's just hanging out with the Pembrokes, and like they've got kids. It's weird, dude. It would be so strange. Like, what is Charles to them at that point? Like, who? What is he? He's their Charles. <laughs> yeah. His role in their lives as a family member, because he's family now, be, yeah. defies any type of label. So it but has to be. But he's still coming by, hanging out. Yeah, still laying down the law. Ah, no, 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 no! Talk about this. But it's Willie Ames, so he's also doing like weird Christian stuff too. Oh yeah, Buddy Limbeck's just like, uh, ugh. 
So, you know, some things are forever, Charles. Like your uh, afterlife, if you accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. Boy. Yeah. So, uh, alright, Charles, who won and who lost? Fuck, man. I... Don't know, man. Part of me says Gwendolyn lost hard. I see. I was gonna say she won. We have no. Gwendolyn leaves in a very emotional state, to the point where I don't know if she's actually learned her lesson. Like I don't know that she didn't get on the plane and then go back to the West Coast and actually do anything. Well, listen. Here's the thing. Gwendolyn came all the way to the East Coast to try to find an excuse so that she could get out of this scenario. I feel like she's gotten the courage to do it now, if she's ever going to do it. That's the thing, Like, if she's ever going to do it. If she's ever going to do it, which she may not. I agree. But I feel like this is the best case scenario, because if she had married Charles, like that would have been a, me- a mess. Yeah. That would have been a very different... Uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe she, I mean, maybe she did. And plus, she's on the West Coast... And that's always a fun time. So, I mean, I, I would say that she's in the, Out of everyone in the episode, yeah, I guess you're right. She won. But who lost? Is it Sarah? For her horrible fashion sense and being forced to go on a date she didn't really want to go on? Like, she enjoyed herself afterwards. Yeah, she no, she had, she enjoyed the date. I think I think she did okay. Um, Is it Charles? I think Charles may have lost. Poor Charles, man. Yeah. I mean, Charles has become a shadow of himself... So I'm sure they'll address that in a future episode, and maybe things will be better in the third and fourth and fifth season. I don't know. But Charles lost in a big way. He got his emotions played with. He thought he was going to get engaged, which is crazy, but... He had a harsh realization. Harsh. That that someone didn't love him. Hmm. Well, she loves him, but not in the way... It's a different love than he expects. It's not not marital love, Brad. It's more of like the friend love they ended on last time they were together. I mean... (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> you can confuse that. You can confuse that. And what is Buddy in his love? I'm assuming it's platonic, but I don't know. They hug for a long time. Christian side hug love. <laughs> Give me that Christian side hug. Filled with Christ's cool. love. Um, Yeah, Charles lost. I will say a scene we didn't talk about, which I really enjoyed, was when Willie Ames tries to convince Charles to leave. And one of them is we're gonna go. We're gonna be sailors, Charles. Yeah, we're gonna go sail around the world on a yacht. Which we all know this is his way of like, if we leave, maybe we come back and things will be set right. <laughs> Whatever made them wrong. Please we're let's going go straight through the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, we're gonna go to Bermuda Triangle. It's, it's something will right this. And that was cool because they do like a cool like sailors laugh or whatever. I don't know. It's a good time. Best dress, worst dress though, friend. <sighs> I don't know if we can... I, who would be best dressed in this? God. All I saw best was a parade dress. of fashion faux pas. Like, just horrible, horrible clothes. I don't even call it fashion. Uh, just clothes. <laughs> Bad wardrobe. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I'm seeing a, a mom in her... Mom's first outfit is a nightmare. <laughs> mom is a freaking walking nightmare. Her, it's like like mother, like daughter, because her and Sarah, I think, between the two of them, have ruined fashion in Charles's house. Like the okay, I, I gotta pick, I gotta pick. What about William's sailor outfit? He's got a jaunty hat on. For best dressed? 
Yeah? Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, have you got a be better choice? No, no, I, I, I'm totally down. For a second, I thought you meant worse dressed, and I was really no. confused. I was like, dude, we just talked about moms and daughter being the fucking no, no. worst. Oh, Alex, worse dressed, we've got a cornucopia. I'm looking for a best dressed option. <laughs> and in this, yeah, the diamond in the rough here is definitely Willie Ames as a sailor. I mean, I would say maybe um, other option would be um, Nicole Eggert's um, fucking turtleneck, uh, sleeveless turtleneck, but um, she's a 16 year old and I don't like how they're sexualizing her. True. But we shouldn't fall. Okay, yeah, that, that, that wardrobe was not her choice. If, if we're going with the whole guise of the show is that she chose it, then yeah, it's good fashion sense, kid. Good job. Um, but yeah, you're right. In the meta of the show, like knowing that, yeah, they're sexualizing her, it's wrong. It's wrong. You know what, Charles in Charge, guys? It's wrong. Ah, oh, there's Alex, this stupid Alex uh, with his SJW views. Don't like it? Fast forward to the Brad part, which you're going to be really disappointed at, because guess who also has similar views? That's why we do the show together, dummies. <laughs> That's why we don't. The original thought was we should probably just do it separate. I get 30 minutes, Brad gets 30 minutes. Then we're like, fuck that. Let's just jam together for like an hour and 30 to two hours. Oh, You love it. That's why we got to 320. <laughs> Neither one of those assholes know any knows anything about valid criticism. Well. Cool. Listen up. Maybe you'll learn something. Yeah. Best dress is Willie Ames as a sailor. But I will say that him and Charles, again, look the best out of everyone on this fucking show. More often yeah. than not. Scott Bayo is like ripped. Dude looks good. Like they're they're vying they're, they're vying for that uh, um, team beats. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, so worst dress, I would almost say the outfit that uh, Sarah wears on the date, just because it's just it's too much. Is is the date is the date worse than the overalls? The question. No. Nah. Oh, those one that one pair of overalls that is. Two different fabrics, one on top, one on bottom, and then like the weird shirt underneath it. Isn't it like a print? Like, I don't even understand how you would think that would look okay together. Why do we wear overalls? <laughs> I mean, they're just be over your clothes, but overalls Master are. Master White, Master White, why do we wear overalls? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Leave uh, Michael Caine joined the show for just a moment. So, do, so what we might keep our pants up while we're painting. <laughs> but it's not keeping your pants up. They are your pants. <laughs> but they don't fall down when you're painting. Very true. <laughs> pants that can never fall down. That have extra security. <laughs> are you scared your pants will fall down? I'm so scared. I'll be oh. so embarrassed. Guess what? Bullies can't bully you. With overalls, everyone will laugh at my <laughs> my comedic uh, white boxer shorts with red hearts upon them. But they'll never know because I'm wearing overalls. They do laugh at me because I look like a fucking um, loser farmer. They're like, "Hey, hayseed," and I'm like, "Please stop making fun of me." Of me. <laughs> when I stutter because I have a piece of straw in my mouth. Jeez. This poor guy. It's Goodness. so hard being me. <laughs> I wear the overalls, which is still a nightmare. 
<laughs> what other choice do I have? What other choice do I have? <laughs> Dude, okay. I I think overalls wins worst dressed. All right. Just because on principle. No, I don't know. See, I'm still leaning That's, toward the date outfit, man. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking at the date outfit again. It's the sweater that really knocks that thing over the top. It does. People forget. Like, the dress is ugly as hell. Yeah. But the sweater. Why the sweater? The dress looks like it's more than adequate to keep you warm because it's just there's so much fucking fabric. Like I don't get the sweater. Is, is, is it is it like look? We're on my first date, and I want to like cover up as much as myself as possible because I'm uncomfortable. I get that. But yeah, that that dress win, that wins worst dress. Yeah, guys, that's Charles in charge. Fucking cool ride. I don't know if we're gonna outfit another one. They would have to be like another returning character, I would think. Though I am interested. Like I, I wouldn't be opposed to like watching a few more if they were like. Good. If anybody, if anybody knows if there's an episode where Nicole Eggert and Charles kind of have a thing, let me know because I really thought that was a thing. Dude, I thought like as you were talking about it, it sparked memories of people thinking like the last two seasons was just perpetually them flirting with each other. So I don't know. Maybe that was it. Like there was just this maybe. unspoken, unrequited like love. But, I mean, she doesn't know what love is because she's, like, still reading what Romeo and Juliet and learning and thinking it's West Side Story, Oy. which is the best joke. Is there an Anne in West Side Story? I wouldn't. There's a Maria. Oh, surely. Surely there's an Anne. She's got to be an Anne. Yeah. Um, should we watch every musical that has Anne in it for the show as, like, an Alfio musical edition? I don't know. Yeah. That's a lot of effort. That's a lot yeah. of effort. I don't know we're going to do that. But we're going to keep doing the show. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to have to go on break for a little bit. I hate to announce that right now, but there's certain circumstances in my life. I'm going to have to like go on leave for just a second. That's where we recorded another episode the same week. We recorded another one. You don't know that. That's behind the scenes stuff. But I want to be on the up and up with you guys. Um, but I'll be back. You know, it's only a little bit. Um and I will see you on the other side of a few things that'll be pretty interesting to talk about on my return. I will save those for the Ooh. end uh, as a suspense. Secrets. Secrets. But thanks for listening. Uh, get in contact with us. You can do that by uh, going to our website, ramjetpodcast.com, or going to the Facebook group. Uh, there's ways there that you can either call us or email us or whatever. We appreciate it. And we do get all your emails when you send them and read them even if we don't read them on air, though I can't think of any. Some of them get lost at times. I know that someone sent us in another Alfio suggestion, which we will consider. Um, yeah. But I can't, I don't have my email up presently, Brad, but... We, Jonathan sent us one. We'll, we'll get to it at some point. Yeah. We, we originally were like, ah, we don't want to do a two-parter. And then we're like, oh, crap, this episode of Charles and George is a two-parter. Ah. Oh, well. Let's do it. I think Alan sent us one, too, right? Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Some some shim show or movie from 1981 called Roar. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, one of the, uh, I guess, teasers for us, he says to give it 10 minutes, but that there's 70 injuries, miraculously no deaths. Roar. So I don't know what that's about, but I'm intrigued. Nice. We'll see nice. what's up, guys. I mean, yeah. It's Ramjack. We appreciate you listening. Again, Brad, always a pleasure. Thank you for thank you for eight years of Ramjack, man. Indeed.
thank you. Uh, and thank you, listeners. You can you can talk to us, right? You can say thank you back to us right now, and it's okay. I'm just assuming that you're saying it. That's the only just time we're allowing time. it. This one time, once every eight years. Um, <laughs> once every eight years. <laughs> they were like cicadas. <laughs> They're back, by the way. Uh, oh, are they back? Well, this is the this is the this is one of the years before where there's still a lot, but not as many. Like next year, I think is the apocalyptic oh, cicada summer. Yeah, man. Oh, you're finally gonna experience it. I almost forgot it. Um, but yeah. So in the meantime, guys, uh, Ramjack has some valuable advice. You're gonna want to keep your calories counted. You will want to keep your doors locked. And all brooches should be tightly pinned to your shirts. But most importantly, watch, watch out for those Turning out of ice cream is out of this world for tastiness, but ice cream 